Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. I am one of the hosts of the show, Papa Spice. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, so well, here's the thing. New listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because here's the thing, you know. I realized uh, this past week I don't ever introduce myself. I like I, I throw it to you guys and ask how you're doing, and I say your name. But like, people might be like, "Well, who's Papa?" That's the mystery. So, now they're probably like, "Who the who is Papa Spice?" Like, who yes. really is? Which one of these is Papa Spice? Now we know and this. This show Harry is a movie about or a movie. It's a show about pop culture. We talk movies, TV, all that good stuff. I get look. I'm workshopping the intro. Shut it's up! Fine. I see you guys laughing. No, um, no, 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 no! I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry. I, everyone on the air, we missed a huge on opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone listening. We're we're really derailed already. Everyone listening, <laughs> the name of the show is Papa Spice, and we talk about pop culture. Why didn't we spell it like P O P A? Mm. Well, I already had the the Papa Spice gimmick trademarked, so all mm. oh, right, you know, yeah. Well, we never mind. Have to go way. that route. Well, listen to uh, my new podcast, uh, Papa Spice's uh, called P.O.P.A. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, Hair, how are you doing tonight? I was just picturing my my downloads and downloading Chris's pod and downloading our pod and just looking and just <laughs> with a sad face of how did we get here? Um, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. I have the get to watch spider-verse i'm only hearing good things the weekend's almost mm-hmm. here it's a short week for us with uh, memorial day i hope uh our listeners had a good memorial day weekend if you're able to celebrate it with friends and family um so yeah i'm just i'm looking forward to the weekend it's it's been a long week already um so just just can't can't wait yeah it has been you know it's one of those really long short weeks where everything just gets compressed, you know. So you know what it I is too, you, but uh, and yeah. it is, I enjoy it. But like the sun's up longer, so yeah. like the days feel a little bit longer. Um, and I like that. Uh, I'm not saying that as a negative, but it does. You know, when it is, it is nice to leave work and not have it be like uh, pitch black outside. I will, I will say that. So yeah, true. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I'm like, I like personally the happy medium where it's like spring and yeah, fall. This is where you're thriving, baby. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I guess it's we're getting a little warm for you? spring, but like it feels summery. Hey, as long so. as I can eat outside comfortably, I, I call that a good day. <clears throat> if I can go for a walk True. and not be drenched in sweat, that's a good day. True. Uh, all right, Hans, how are you doing, buddy? I've got, how dare you guys do the weather segment without me? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, doing good, you know, h- hanging in. Um, we are going to be in June as of tomorrow, so... We're, we're, we're almost, uh, you know, it's, it, we're pretty much actually like in the summer now. So it's, uh, it's nice. Start getting some, you said with that extended sun, get some, like maybe some three day weekends going on, but, uh, yeah, not, not, not too, too bad. Live that dream. Good. Yes. All right. Well, intro's out of the way. Let's get to the news. Do, 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 do. We're off I to said, a great start, gentlemen. The news. Oh, <laughs> hey, the news. <laughs> Featuring our very own roving reporter, Christopher J. Hanratty. <laughs> Put his government out there. I love it. Yes. Oh, 
I would appreciate hey. if you don't talk. You don't talk over my intro again, please. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I take this. I take it. We, we give him. We seriously. give him one segment, and now he's got the head of an astronaut, like, and he's just like the Jim Garner out on his own. Hey, can you guys keep it down while my intro goes on? I gotta I'm prepare the, myself mentally. The Jim Gardner Roger podcast. That. I won't oh, step geez. on your news reporter shoes. I'll tell you yeah, what, if we do this podcast as long as Jim Garner did the news, I'm going to be upset. we be like lips to God's ears, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like 70 still doing podcasts. Hopefully we still use that intro. I hope I'm, I hope I'm dead by then, so we'll see. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus. All right. Yeah. I'm, just, well. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Nice. All right. I don't what even know where to news? go from there. Yeah, what do you got in the news for us? Breaking news, right. positive. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of. This kind of went really like like down really quick. Yeah, let's uh, um, let's lift it up with uh, talking Ezra Miller. How do you know I was going to start with that? <laughs> I just say, I don't let, me, <laughs> let me let me do the news. Let me do the news. <laughs> got it. Got it. Say, Sorry. God. So uh, big story this week. Ezra Miller. Um, just kidding. So uh, we're going to just go over the box office results. Uh, Little Mermaid uh, made a splash uh, uh, with uh, number one over Memorial Day weekend, beating out Fast and Furious uh, 10 or 11 or 12, whatever they're on. But uh, it, with a three-day total, I believe it was 115, 115 million, which was a lot more than I thought it was going to make. I think it was a lot more than a lot of people thought it was going to make. Um, I, I personally thought this was going to be a, I wouldn't say failure, but um, I thought it was going to struggle a little bit, but I mean, 115 for a Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's not, it's not block. I mean, I guess you consider a blockbuster. Um, didn't break records. I don't think, or if it did, I, I, I think it, it did. It broke something, but I forget what it was. Um, but I mean, it's not like Marvel money, but not too bad. Um, I did not see it. I, I think only one of us on Interesting. this show had seen it. Um, Your boy. Yeah, who's uh, you? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah you saw it. Yeah, all right, thank you. Um, so yeah, you saw it with the wife. Um, thoughts? That's you think my feedback. Did, you think this deserved the the hundred and fifteen million that it earned over the the Memorial Day weekend? Well, I, first I want to call out your wife Catherine uh, for being a coward and a fake fan because she doesn't listen. Um, don't care. <laughs> um, she can listen to this when uh, Jill calls it out for her. Um, yeah, you want to call yourself a big little mermaid fan and you love Disney and yet I don't see you there opening weekend for the movie. Um, I, I, sir, yeah, sir, we have T-ball. Oh yeah. Oh don't my get God. Me started on that. Oh man. T-ball, T-ball. I can tell you what you can do with your T-ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought the movie was okay. Um, I think there's an element with Disney movies where it's just, set up not to fail um you know you have a beloved franchise like the little mermaid and you're just making what the live action version and there's a lot of things in the movie that i thought were were good i liked hallie uh hallie bailey um of uh what is it chloe and chloe and hallie is, is that the 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 two yeah those now, are the am sisters. i am i aging this podcast here um so I thought she was she was tremendous in there, especially with her voice. And there was some things they did differently, which I really enjoyed and thought were additive. It's just I felt as though and there were some people I talked to at work who were who were a fan or who enjoyed it and had a good time. Um, and I think for me, it was just the stuff from the original that they tried to either replicate or duplicate. I feel is just better than the original um, to, you know, not 100 percent for that, but 
it, it almost feels like, and I know Greg is this way because I know Greg's uh, daughter uh, loves uh, Little Mermaid, uh, where I feel like Greg will put on in you know a couple months' time on Disney Plus, he'll put on the Little Mermaid animated, and then he'll put on the Little Mermaid live action, and it'll play as a three hour, three and a half hour loop on in his house. Um, so, and you know, there isn't anything with this movie that is surprising. There isn't anything that's going to be different. There's, like I said, there's some changes um, that you know I think everyone would nod and approve and be like, yeah, that's a smart decision. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good, kudos to Disney for making more money. But uh, you know, not surprising with this one kind of being the only big tentpole. Usually, people carve out of the way for Memorial Day, but uh, especially when there's a Disney product. So yeah, that's all. That's all I got on it as the only one who saw the movie here. So. Shout out me. Yay. All right. Papa, you have any in any interest in seeing this in theaters or is this a wait till Disney Plus? Definitely wait till Disney Plus. If I did not have a daughter, I would have no interest in seeing this. Um look, I what think a, uh, what age what age ahead. would you take her if if she was like if it was out right now, obviously, um what age would you take her? Four or five? We're gonna we're I think the plan is to wait until she's four. To take her to gotcha. the movies, just curious. So, just curious. yeah, Letting... like a year, a year out, and that's more so just because, like, she can sit and watch the OG Little Mermaid most of the way through. But to I've be, seen her. yeah, I've seen her oh yeah, true. But to be um, in a movie theater doing that, I don't know that she's got the attention span for that just yet. Um, yeah, look, I, the casting is fine um i'm sure uh hallie bailey knocked it out of the park but um i just i don't like the visual look of it with everything being kind of dark darkly colored uh, i like yeah. vibrancy um and it i just i'm kind of getting tired of these like constant remakes there's one every year and it's like you know i get the business sense in it it's uh, probably fairly inexpensive for Disney to redo these because they've got the major, you know, story elements and plot beats all worked out. Um, but I just, I don't know. It feels very soulless in a sense. Um, so I just, I don't have any interest. But all hey, fair. it made money. Good for good for Disney. So yeah, I fall in in, in Greg's. Um, area with that, uh, but I'll probably get dragged out to see it because, as Harry <laughs> said, uh, this is my my wife's favorite Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, but Although Elemental comes fraud. out, so That's fine. we got to decide if we're going to go see Elemental or we're going to see Little Mermaid. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just see both. Looking forward to Elemental. We don't because we we don't, dude. I got, first of all, I go to the movies like once a month. You could skip T ball and go to. Uh... I'm I'm, <laughs> um, I'm using up <laughs> I'm using up my one pass for um. Spider Verse. So good, folks. The inside yeah. joke here is we have lunch with each other three times a week, and invariably, at least once every single lunch, T ball gets brought up. So I blame Chris. That's just that's on me. I'm not the one that brings it up. <laughs> ah, you brought it up today. Whatever. And next right. in our news, uh, <laughs> next the next during the news, um, as Harry alluded to before, you tried to to bogart my um. My segment, Ezra Miller, uh, may be returning to the Flash. Uh, kind of controversial, based on what they had, 
what they had done say. in the past in the past uh, t- I, I, at least twelve months. Uh, they were they were in the news a lot for uh, take your pick of whatever you want to whatever. Just put the put the charges in a hat and uh, just pull one out. I know there was a, an assault charge, kidnapping, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but take it on. Andy, uh, and if, if I, I'm sorry if you're listening and I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Andy Muschietti. Um, Milnakis. Come out. Mandy Milnakis, the director of The Flash, who, who went on to do that movie Waiting and then nothing else, to, and then directed The Flash. Um, With, you know who's in Waiting? Ryan Reynolds. Andy Milnakis, Wait. but yeah. That was the joke. Oh, okay. I said Andy Milnakis went on to start to be in waiting and then direct. Oh man, I'm behind. Well, Sorry, boys. What are we that, doing here? There goes that train. <laughs> Shut up, Papa. So yeah, this is a kind of a controversial thing because uh, there's a lot of a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet uh, about um, about Ezra staying, especially when James Gunn came out and and fired uh, Henry Cavill, who is, in my understanding, a saint in the world of of Hollywood. Um, so yeah, now I, it, here's the thing. The flash is not going to fail. Um, I, I, from what I've been hearing about it, I, I do not think it's going to fail. What would you consider <laughs> like a successful, uh, right, maybe not weekend? fail, but when's it come out two weeks? Yeah. The 16th of June. Yeah. So it's coming off of a week of, I, so it's going to be the second read, week of Transformers. Yeah. I've read projection on what they think it's going to make. I see. I don't know. I think it's going to exceed projections because what were the, I, I did read something on it. it was like, they said like 60 or 70, maybe less than that. I saw 75 million. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you think, think it'll make more? I think it'll make more only because there's going to be a lot of word of mouth with this. And I don't think Ooh. the general audience really, as much as they should, cares about Ezra Miller's um, previous, they probably don't even know what he did half the time, and I, I think that um, you know they're they're going to go on the nostalgia factor of let's get Michael Keaton as back as Batman. I think it's, I think it's going to exceed the seventy five million. Um, mm. Now, I, you know, a lot of people were mad because Henry Cavill was not invited back. As, he was invited back as Superman, then he got fired like two months later because um, the as the Rock put it, the DC hierarchy. Uh, in the DC universe has changed. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I kind I haven't seen the flash yet. Uh, so I can't really make a judgment. I, I thought this movie was never going to come out. It's been in production for, uh, like 13 years. Um, but now here we are, we're two weeks away from it. And from, like I said, from word of mouth that I've been hearing is it's one of the best superhero movies ever. Um, are people getting paid to say that? Maybe it's possible. I don't know. Um, if you listen to cer- certain people, certain, uh, people who like to kiss the, uh, kiss the rears of some of the, uh, Hollywood elite, uh, they're saying this is the greatest, one of the greatest movies ever. I isn't ain't going that, that far. Isn't that you? Isn't that you as a beat reporter for the Hollywood, uh, Papa Spice Hollywood. Journal? Yeah. Look, press credentials don't come cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, they haven't true. invited me to one premiere yet. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know the thoughts on this. I, cause I, I personally thought Ezra, Ezra Miller was fine in the justice league movie and, and whatever he, he did in the DC world. Um, he looks, I, the movie does look good. I'm not going to lie. It does look really good. Interesting. Um, but I think the fact that he has all that, um, stuff behind him. Now we're, we might get another one with them if they, if they do announce it. Greg, what about you? Um, 
I think that this is a mistake. Uh, first of all, Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, not a fan. Not a fan of how okay. this character was done. Um, not a fan of Ezra's performance. Doesn't look like Barry. Doesn't uh, act like Barry. It's just, it's not a good representation of the character. Add to that that this is tying to effectively a dead universe as it was or yeah i mean we might still get some segues you know i think they're talking about uh gal gadot still potentially playing wonder woman um who knows what's going on with jason momoa because some people are saying he'll stay aquaman other people are saying he might be lobo but um why would you still want to carry that tether and have uh ezra miller be the bridge what should happen, and it won't, but what should happen, uh, even just solely for the fact based off of Ezra's behavior and all of their legal woes, uh, they should kill off Barry and have him die at the end of this movie. And, you know, it can be a, a giant self-sacrifice thing because that's what happened to the character in the comics. So you send that character off. Uh, you know, heroically. And guess what? There's another flash out there that just as many people love Barry's nephew, Wally West. And you start fresh, cast somebody as Wally West and go from there for the flash in the future DC, you know, gun universe or whatever. I just, I'm not a fan of Ezra as a person based off of all of this stuff that has been going on. And Hey, if, um, if Ezra is working on their self, then good for them, um, you know, power to them. But that doesn't mean we reward everything that has come because it seemingly from WB and uh, DC, there have not been consequences for their behavior. Um, I understand not scrapping the movie. There's too much invested in it, but to reward them by saying, Hey, we might bring you back for a sequel and you might continue to be our flash in this universe. I think that's undeserved. Like let's get Ezra away from all of this madness, let them truly focus on themselves. And you know, if, if they have a fantastic comeback story and a, a wonderful career later on down the line, cool. But the, the play here isn't giving them more big franchise money and not time to really truly work on becoming a better person. Um, and I guess the one big thing too, is this is Andy Muschietti him saying this doesn't mean anything because it's going to ultimately come down to James Gunn moving forward. So yeah, yeah, true. I would hope, I uh, would hope that, that, that wouldn't happen, but like you had said, recast it or something. Real quick, and then I'll pass it off to Hare. But as far as the hype for this movie goes, yes, there has been a lot of uh, a lot of hype. Um, I think maybe the biggest name that I've seen is Stephen King. But I also I respect Stephen King greatly, but um, I also don't a hundred percent trust his critiques of movies because one of my all time favorite movies is The Shining, and he has a great disdain for Kubrick's version of the shining. And maybe, you know, that's a different case because obviously he's got a personal connection to it, but um, I don't know to say that that is not uh, a solid to, to fantastic movie is, is a, 
kind of wild. Um, I feel that this movie is going to be okay. It'll be better than most of the recent DC fare, but I don't think we're in for anything spectacular. Honestly, the highlight for this movie is Sasha Kaye's Superwoman or Supergirl. Um, I think she is going to be fantastic. She looks fantastic. Uh, the performance looks very intriguing. Uh, Keaton is Batman. I was excited until that second trailer dropped and he said, the, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And I have heard reviews from press screenings uh, at CinemaCon and they were saying, oh yeah, like 75% of Keaton's dialogue is just him regurgitating lines from like Batman and Batman returns. And that's not what I want to see. So that was a major bummer. And I kind of get those vibes from the trailers. So I don't know. We'll see. I I think, I think it'll make bucks. I don't know if it'll be a huge success, but it'll do well. Um, But as far as the movie goes, I'm tempering my expectations for sure. I'm not buying into the hype train. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll take under $75 million, uh just to be the contrarian here. So we'll have to put a side bet or something hands for that. Mm. Um, I uh, I feel Never like this anyway. is a – that is true. I feel like this is the type of movie that you talk to your friend at work or a buddy who you occasionally see movies with or not someone like us who's a huge nerd about the MCU. And it's like, oh, you know, Michael Keaton from the original Batman movie, you know, and the, you know, with Jack Nicholson. And it's like, what? And it's like, what is, you know, why is Michael Shannon this? Oh, well, if you saw the Henry Cavill movies, like, so I feel like there's that problem. Um, I could probably say this also feels like a bubble movie to me inside the world of our Twitters and our social media and the things we interact with, because I can tell you for sure right now. I know no one who is going to see this movie for Ezra Miller. I know no one who is excited like to be if he's coming back or would even care. Um, and like I said, this movie just feels like a and the, the DC movies always do seem to surprise a little bit. Um, I think it's because of the soloness that they have, like with the Joker, with the Suicide Squad. Um, there's one more that I'm thinking of that did pretty well recently. It wasn't Shazam. Um, Black Adam? <laughs> but no, no. But like the, sometimes they have a tendency to surprise, but usually that's when it involves Batman. Um, and Birds this of Prey, one maybe? does. Was that what you're thinking? No, of? you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the Batman. The Batman. Like, oh, did okay, pretty yeah. well. All that was a good considered. one. Yeah. But like whenever Batman's involved, it has a tendency to do do well. So I, I there will be the, the cultists who come out to see it. But like, I, I mean, dude, if you talk to Catherine and Janet, like, or just everyday Joe at work, they're like, what's the flash about? And then you have to explain all this. And I just I don't see the the walk up now. I could see the repeat business if it's good. But this also has the smell of that early Rotten Tomatoes review where it's like sitting at 85 percent after the first 12 people. And then all of a sudden it's in the 70s. It's in the 60s. Once the That's actual shout. Re- real critics get a hold of it. So um kind of don't care i also don't care about this movie at all i'll see it because of the person i am and because of the friendships we we share together um but i won't be surprised if this is a heaping pile i will also not be surprised if i walk out like greg saying and being like you know what pleasantly surprised went in with low expectations and there was a couple things i liked but uh 
I'm, you know, no zero. Like this is on a zero for the Richter scale for me as far as, you know, excitement or whatever. So hopefully Ezra, Ezra Miller doesn't return because I don't think anybody cares uh, that he's the Flash anymore. So like like Greg said, just figure figure something else out. Go the multiverse right. route. Okay. Cool. But I look forward to winning my bet with you. All right, you'll see. When neither of us pay up, we owe each other like five hundred dollars each. <laughs> just, just a wash at this other. point. The wash at this point. Um, yeah. Next, we have uh, and there's on series finale week for pretty much um, yeah four big shows. Um, we got this season good series series. No, that's still probably going to at least one more season. Thank God. Um, but it, it's outliving all of these other shows I'm about to mention. So we got this season finale that dropped today for Ted Lasso. Uh, season series. These are all series finales. Uh, Sunday for Severance. Uh, I don't know when the other one. I know it was a big show that a lot of people watched. The Magical Mrs. Maisel. Did um, you mean Succession when you said Severance? Yep. So I meant Succession. So uh, let me fix that on my little news report. No, my editor okay. did not hand me the right piece of paper. Yeah, it's so, all good. Um, Guy's writing his own copy here. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I I meant Succession. Fire and that then, temp. And then uh, the Magical Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. Um. Isn't oh, it I'm the sorry. marvelous? The marvelous Mrs. Oh, yeah. Maisel. <laughs> oh my god! And oh, Barry god. also added and, too. I know you yeah. had that on and your Barry, list. Oh, you mean you. Larry? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Whoops. Um, I has got them bootleg channels. I know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you guys watching this thing called HBO Max? No, it's just Max now, Chris. <laughs> no, Max. No. Um, so yeah, uh, I know that uh, I don't think anyone watched the Mrs. Maisel one here. So uh, I just know it was a very, uh, very popular show on Amazon, um, which I think it ended at four seasons, three or four. Um, the one that we all watched, Ted Lasso, that dropped today. Uh, have either of you uh, gentlemen taken time out of your workday to watch Ted Lasso? Because I know uh, we were all working when it was dropping. That was a joke for anyone listening at work. None of us took time out to watch the hour long Ted Lasso. Yeah, I apologize. It's okay. Fantastic joke. <laughs> yeah, I no, know. I we're all going to get called in someone's office tomorrow or on, on Monday. Excuse me, Chris. Uh, we need to see your phone history. So um, I have not watched any of season three yet. I uh, Here's the thing. <laughs> I really – I love Ted Lasso. We've discussed this on the show before. Um, you know, I've said it's one of the uh, the best shows. But um, I, I just – I didn't – I didn't want to do the weekly thing for it. I want to be able to binge it. So now that it has dropped, um, I will definitely be powering through over the next six or seven days. This is uh this is a show for me. That is a me and Jill show. Um, so we will make time to watch together and I'm very excited to hopefully talk about that show uh, with you guys in the future. Cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just, I, I, it's very strange that they're dropping four series finales at once because it's like, I mean, they're all well, different no, networks with this the exception. Is, it's just like it's it's kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say unprecedented, but it's just like no, these are all like critically acclaimed shows that like I now, think you're you're very wrong there. May is traditionally season finale time. Season, like not series. Sweet. I meant series. Series uh, well, yeah, I think that's just a coincidence. But maybe but yeah, you know, season slash series finale is all always uh, occur during May unless it's like a, a weird start time. Usually yeah, right Usually seasons start in September it's or September, early yeah. October, and then they have the winter break, and then they finish up in May. Right. I just <laughs> think that they're all like this, at least put the nail in the coffin at the same time is more along what I was going for. But yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. 
Um, Harry, you're the only one of us that finished Succession. Thoughts yeah. on, the, on the finale? Yeah, love it. Um, would highly suggest it. Um, it's uh, it's a very intense show. It, it's uh, it's hard to have a rooting interest for people's success sometimes on that show in a show called Succession. Um, but I think it's massively done. It was um, not drag. It, none of the seasons drag. They're all written with purpose. Brilliant writing, brilliant acting, um, top-notch show, um, HBO, or sorry, uh, Max delivering uh, once again. So um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the product looks like with Max. But HBO, great job. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, five episodes in, so liking what I'm watching so far. Yeah. So hopefully tendency I tendency to caught. do that for you. It's interesting. What? Make it the five episodes of a show? Well, like with Game of Thrones, when that was on, you were like, just started season one, guys. And it was like the final season was like airing. So we've talked about this and I don't have to <laughs> yeah, talk about this anymore. I yeah, I know. It's, right. yeah. Yeah. it's just us, weird. Beating this, beating this dead horse. Um, yep. No, the equivalent with me watching season one of Sever- or of Succession and then going to watch season four is what I did with Game of Thrones, where I just mm. missed those middle two seasons. <laughs> but I was fine. I got it. Yeah, got it. All right. Um, yeah, just to just to close out, um, looks like Deadpool three started filming. Uh, one of the things I just I kind of put this on uh, the news is because it's currently during a writer strike, and news came out Stupid. that Ryan Reynolds is ill. It's illegal for Ryan Reynolds to improv any of his roles during the movie, and he has to stick to the script. Uh, does uh, only uh, you know bringing this up. We're is it illegal? Is he going to get arrested? He will. He'll get arrested by the Hollywood police. It's all actually actors that that, that have played cops before. That that I I'm sorry. If I use the term and say it was illegal, or say he's he's legally unable <laughs> to improv, is it the same thing? I mean, I just think he would probably be kicked out of the union. I don't think uh, right. It's illegal. I don't think he would be arrested. Not in terms of. Not, I'm not saying he's arrested, but it's illegal. <laughs> It's against the the rules, so yeah, yeah. Sure. You know what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. Just busting chops. Yeah, that dude Sipowitz is from NYPD Blue is going to come and arrest him. Whatever oh his name my is. God, now we're really dating ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Because I know we're we're off as, as far as I know. Harry, I mean, I, unless he had a change of heart, is a fan of Deadpool. I know, Greg, you are. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Do you think that? This is going to be. This is going to end up. My my thought was they're going to end up delaying this because they're going to go back and do reshoots after they film this, um, unless they kind of do all action scenes without dialogue. Uh, honestly, even during dialogue, Deadpool's doing a bunch of talking and and like some fun stuff. But uh, I just watched Deadpool two last weekend, and I was like, I kind of feel like that's going to take. Right? Yeah. A, no, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's not better than the first, but it's a really good movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? Do you think this is going to hurt, hurt Deadpool three or, or push it back or, well, I, I think I mentioned this. I don't know if it's to Greg or who it was, but the last time that this, uh, franchise, uh, of Deadpool and Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine got together, uh, to do a movie together, uh, was for Wolverine origins, uh, during a writer strike. So, might as well do this one during a writer strike. So, so I no, didn't know this, that was during the writer strike. So yeah, that was during a writer strike. So explains a lot. Yep. Um, so this one uh, probably is the same fate. So uh, yeah, not looking forward to it. Don't care. Um, I'm kind of tired of the Ryan Reynolds stick uh, or shtick. 
uh, kind of find him annoying. Um, good for you. You got a cool soccer club um, that you got a division like four in England. Uh, great job by you. We're all proud of you over here in the States. Um, yeah, could care less. So uh, I'll move it on to somebody who might care a little more. Papa, what about you? Uh, can't wait for the new pod. Harry's bitter at Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Dude, um, listen, it's a, it's a night of hot takes. So yeah, Ryan, kick rocks. Jesus. I don't know what else to tell you. That, that's, Harry's that's... new podcast, Dead Poop. Uh, well, I know Tans's boyfriend, Ryan Reynolds, so I apologize. Oh, boy. Um, here's the thing with Deadpool 3. I don't think it's going to be impacted, or at least not drastically, because uh, I am sure that this will be resolved within a few months max you know i think that's a reasonable time frame um deadpool 3 i don't think is slated for release until fall of 24 i think that's where we're where they it. placed it that's a 2025 um, movie easily now well no here's so here's the thing uh Assuming the writer strike gets resolved within the next couple months, there's still plenty of time to do all of this in post. Deadpool wears a mask, so you can easily ADR any um, ad lib stuff when he's finally free to do that again. And what you do a couple digital alterations to the mask moving to to make the mouth line up, and everything's gravy, baby. So I think were this any other character. Probably, yeah, it would probably have a bigger impact, but because of the range and with Deadpool primarily being the quote unquote funny character, um, I think there's actually a better chance that they'll be able to alter this stuff easier. So, yeah, so this is it's slated for release this uh, November 8th of 2024. So, there's yeah, you know, talking, you know, out there's plenty of time, yeah, February 25. Can't wait, 2024. All right. That's it for the news? Yep, that's it. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Shut it down. (laughs) We're moving on to our You didn't have a Jim Garner sign-off? What's up? Yeah, shut it down. Yeah, I remember that's Gardner my, doing that's that. My, on that's last my episode. yeah. That's my new that's my new catchphrase when I'm shutting the, the news down. Shut it down. Oh God, it's gonna get old so fast. I hate it. Nice. We'll uh we'll make a gift of that. But uh, on to the main topic. Oh, wait, no, wait, you're kidding. He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? Oh, hot takes, hot takes. That's right. Hot takes. That's right, hot guys. Takes. It is the return of random spiciness. You, oh, right, we've been asking for it. We've heard you. So Can we production in this, down? the production value in the show is skyrocketing. <laughs> <laughs> Those blazing hot takes are coming up fresh. Um, so for those that may be unaware, maybe they haven't heard the first random spiciness episode we did about a year ago. Go back, listen to it. Welcome. It is what it is. Uh, there's no formal, uh, through line other than these are some of our more controversial takes on just random stuff, uh, within entertainment and pop culture. So I'm going to kick it off with my first hot take, and that is it's okay to be okay. Uh, mm. Not everything has to be the absolute best or the worst, uh, you know, especially I think because we talk a lot about um, uh, 
you know, comic book related stuff and fantasy and, and, you know, all of that jazz. Um, as fans, we tend to get hyped up a bit. Uh, and I'd say even probably more so me and hands. Um, but in general, uh, we, the collective, uh, fans get, get hyped and, it gets really old. Like everything has to be the best. And if it's not, then it was utter garbage and trash. And it's like, no, that's not the case. There's room in the middle. It's not all black and white. There is some gray. And I just, I get really exhausted by that discourse. It's like, there are some movies that are just fine, you know, and that's okay. They don't have to set the world on fire or have to say anything important. They're not going to be, they're not going to have the greatest cinematography ever. Although if you're watching a movie, chances are Deacons has done it. Uh, mm-hmm. because the guy's film list is insane, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I just, I get really tired of, um, you know, that, that hype train that everybody gets on where it's like, look, we were, we were just kind of talking about it with the flash. I'm okay going in. And if that, turns out to be a two and a half three star movie you know it is what it is but um like the batman it doesn't it doesn't have to be the biggest hit ever and it also doesn't have to be a flaming turd so i don't know that's just my thoughts on this what is that a hot take for you guys you in agreement or disagree uh i'll throw this out there in terms of of you know just movies being okay i enjoyed some of the ones that i i enjoy the the most are ones that are just are not winning awards they're not critically acclaimed they're just they're okay and i i know that harry this is an example that you might be um i don't know if you think you know i'm gonna bring it up there's a movie that came out in 2009 i believe or 2007 called couples retreat if you haven't seen Ugh. it i have seen that movie so many especially over COVID. they played it like all the time over COVID. i think that is a hilarious movie and me and my wife both whenever it's on it's on all time we crack up watching it but That's it's not because that is a bad movie no it's not I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> just messing with you <laughs> it's it's a good movie but it's not a great it's not like the funniest movie i've ever seen it's a good it's an okay movie it's a very predictable movie there's nothing like that's 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 you know it, it's it's to go on like a little bit to add a little bit on your point, it's kind of like when you people watch TV shows and they're like, "Well, I wasn't really shocked by the ending, or I wasn't really blown away, or I did, I did not like." It doesn't nothing. That's not back like storytelling back in the '90s and all that. It was not. It wasn't until Lost came around, really, and maybe a couple other shows that really started to do that every week. It's it's going to be a cliffhanger and and so on. And and for movies to be just fine, I. I yeah, not every movie is going to blow me away. I don't want every movie to blow me away. I don't want to go in and say, you know, I I don't want every movie to be like that was the greatest movie I've ever seen. That that movie like was phenomenal, four and a half stars out of five. Blah blah blah. You're right. It's okay to make mediocre movies, and not even mediocre. It's okay to make movies that just you like them. That's fine. They're not. You know. You know. I knew Couples Retreat wasn't going. To, it wasn't going to clean up at the Academy Awards. Vince Vaughn wasn't getting that best best actor trophy. But it's a fine movie. It's good. It it, it 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 makes you laugh, and it made me laugh. Probably not you guys, clearly. But I I I, I agree. I hate that. And even I I've been a lot a lot less harsh on um on bad movies. And I I unless it's like you bowl or like other dumpster fires, and they're like genuinely bad. 
I, I I try to at least see some kind of positive in anything I watch because it's like a lot of people put their time and 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 money into it and and it just I, I at least try not to say that movie was trash. Uh, unlike Harry, because Harry will just flat out be like that movie was 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 poop. Um, I, I you do call it like it is. Um, I just I, I I try to at least be to at least acknowledge that the movie there are some good things with it, but it's okay. Like you said, it's okay to be okay. I that should that's that oh. should I should get that tattoo. So okay hold on a okay. second. Are you saying this isn't the way I live my life in the gray all the time? I feel like you guys are coming over to the dark side here. What do you mean? Uh, no. I mean, I think if if <laughs> I'm, I'm captain, looking at that you, was fine. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that's. But because you say that was fine, I think that you would be in agreement with me. Yes. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the dark side. It's a great place. No, uh, yeah. It's well, gray. <laughs> it's average. It's fine. Um, I just looked at my like last. Just my place. <laughs> I looked at my last fifteen letterboxed reviews. I have three and a half stars. Three stars. Three and a half. Three, four, two and a half, three and a half, three, three and a half. The word fine used 5,000 times. Three and a half. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine. You should it's copyright that word. I just, um, listen, I think in a world where, like Greg was saying, every somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. It's got to be a success or it's got to be a failure. Sometimes, you know, we just have to have things that, that live in the middle. Um and yes, when there are times when something is garbage, I will call it out and say I hated that or I didn't like that because I think that's okay to have that opinion too. We don't have to agree all the time. We can tease each other about it. We can disagree on on our feelings on it. And hey, that's what makes life life. But uh, yes, hundred percent in agreement. And you know, sometimes like I will say, there's nothing worse for me than watching fifteen three and a half to four star to two and a half star movies. Um, and I want I want to get hit with that five star juice or um, yeah you do got to break it up yeah and when it comes to like even TV shows like there are times when you know like Chris was kind of saying you throw on Breaking Bad and you're in for an hour of a slog of of and not in a bad way but in a, just an emotional roller coaster type way and then you throw on four episodes of Parks and Rec and you're just kind of vibing and you know whether you love that show and you're obsessed with it or you just think it's your guilty pleasure show as Chris mentioned you know couples retreat is for him you know sometimes that's all right um it doesn't have to be you know oh you're not watching the greatest thing of all time you know even with a show like succession like i think an important thing too is is like i wouldn't recommend succession to every single person but i pick and choose who i think would be interested in succession and i think that's important too you know it's like you know i'm not saying i i play to different people but you know when i talk to greg about certain things there'll be times where i'll admit to greg i don't know if you're going to like this but this is what this is about um, and I, you know, I think that's super important to just, you know, know that, Hey, somebody might not love it and they might just think it was fine and that's okay. And you might not be able to sleep for four nights. Like when I recommend something to Greg and he just absolutely is like, it was okay. And it's your pride and joy, but you know, that's the break sometimes. Uh, for those that don't know, Harry actually goes door to door and says, have you heard about our Lord and savior succession? Yes. Every, every day of my life. He actually like, holds uh, me right. on my couch. He holds me on my couch while I watch it. It's like, yeah. you're gonna watch. What was it. that? What was that? No, mean he not they hold the guy's Jubilee. eyes open. He caresses Ju- you. Um, uh, a clockwork uh, orange. The clockwork orange. Harry. Yeah, and it's just like his <laughs> hold eyes. Hold on, what did just... you just call it? <laughs> Harry, Harry's holding my eyes open. 
whenever Roman Roman's on the thing, he's like, "Death of Macaulay Culkin's little brother." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know. Much. You said it five times. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that take wasn't super hot with this crowd. Um, Her, how about you? What's your first one? Yeah, so um, I'm going to keep it in uh, a similar vein to something being uh, the best or worst. So uh, obviously we, we talk a lot about the Marvel MCU here. Um, and one of my hot takes, I feel it's pretty hot based off of the last time we talked about this uh, product is I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the best thing the MCU has done since Endgame. Um, I It might be – you know, I think I think there's some elements where you could say, well, what's the competition hasn't been real strong. Um, you know, I even was I, I was debating on if I just put movie and I was saying I think it's the best piece of content um, because of uh, sorry, because I think the shows are pretty mediocre at best. I mean, I listen, I think when we're comparing the shows to the movies, I, I think there's a distinct tier for me. Um but I, uh, you know, and I, I think the contenders might be Wakanda Forever and No Way Home. I think No Way Home would probably be the pick for most people. Um, but I think the heart, the comedy, the um, familiarity, familiarity with the characters, uh, similar to No Way Home. I, I don't knock that. Um, and hey, this might be a take where it's just you know you, you got two great choices here. I'm not saying No Way Home is isn't great. Um, but in my opinion, I, I think it's the best uh, piece of content Marvel's put out uh, since Endgame. And it's a shame because it also feels uh, the same as almost Endgame with, with things ending or changing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, um, you know, and with James Gunn, the director. So I think this is a tier above. Um, I would highly suggest if you are a fan and you're a fan of the MCU and you haven't jumped back in a little while. Uh, I would say you'll find all the helpings and the likings of this. Uh, listen to our podcast on Guardians of the Galaxy three, um, and that is that is that is my t- hot take. I wouldn't say it's a it's a very spicy meatball, but it's uh, I think I think it's hot because of uh, the Spider Man uh, No Way Home love. Hands, I'll toss it to you since you uh, mentioned your agreement, and we'll let Greg uh, get his thoughts together and. His uh, I completely completely agree. Now I, I am on the fence of either No Way Home or Guardians of Galaxy Three. I feel like in my head, those it are the goes, two, right? Uh, it I goes back I and forth. Like it's kind of like think? a tennis ball where it bounces, like mm. or like ping pong, where it, like back and forth, back and forth. Where you can make the cases for both. One now that explains no a Home. lot about your your day your daily struggles every day. Yeah, that's exactly. You got that I'm, going on in your head. I mean, I can't. Yeah, imagine. that's just my mental struggles. That anxiety <laughs> comes from trying to pick if No Way Home or Guardians of the Galaxy Three is the more superior movie. Yeah, of Phase enough. Four, wherever we're in. Um, I, I think No Way. The, the the thing with No Way Home is, you look at it. That's more nostalgic factor. Uh, the movie. I'm not saying I can't. I, I mean, I don't have a finished product of what it would have been without the other two Spider Men in it. But I think that movie base was very heavily. Um leaned into a lot of you know the, some of the older villains coming back and toby and, and andrew coming back so and in terms of a more enjoyable movie i do lean towards guardians of galaxy 3 because i just feel like i had more fun with that movie i was more excited to see no way home when it came out in theaters um but i think as a as an mcu movie i go guardians of the galaxy uh but i i don't disagree with you those are the two top tier in this phase of marvel that we're in right now so i i yeah you can make cases for both but i think, I think 
Go ahead. Yeah. I think a strong third is Wakanda forever. Um, but that's and then after now, that, I don't even know where you would put some of the shows, to be honest. If, if now that's what I mean, like that's where Loki, you're getting into like a maybe, weird, like a weird, yeah, like if you're getting into like a weird territory of saying if you're including the shows, then I would go, I would put Loki in front of like Wakanda forever, or even mm-hmm. Captain America, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, right. In terms, in terms of movies, no, I think the maybe for me, Eternals is a little better than I probably. Was maybe a little harsh on it when it first came out. I know I liked it, but I, I probably had more downside on it. But for favorite things or my favorite projects in the current phase, you can make the case for Guardians Three. I, I wouldn't take that away and say that that for me that's not a hot take because I agree with it. Um, but if you were to say No Way Home, I wouldn't fault you either. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe like I said, it's not a super spicy. Uh, take because i think you know you could probably narrow it down to two maybe three but let's uh let's get our man uh greg in here greg i know uh you know you're you're a big moon knight head so go ahead lay it on us uh i the character yes the show not so much (laughs) Um, i honestly forgot all about moon knight until you just (laughs) mentioned it so I guess first let me let me preface by I'm just going to disqualify all of the Disney Plus shows. Um mm. the thing with the Disney Plus stuff is I I don't feel they're comparable because they don't have the same it's not the same playing field. It's like apples to oranges. You don't have the budget that Guardians 3 has, but then you also do have a little more time with the characters. I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird thing. Gotcha. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disqualify all that stuff. Um, as far as theatrical releases go, look, I it is the best content probably uh, since Wakanda Forever last year. But what came out between now and then? It was just Ant Man, right? So um, yeah, yeah. yeah I so said I mean, Doctor Strange, but that was last year. Yeah. Yeah. And Thor uh, Love that, and Thunder. Right. Uh so yeah, I mean, overall, uh it's it's one of the better pieces of this phase, one of the better theatrical releases. But I don't know, for me personally, thought Wakanda Forever was better, thought No Way Home wow. was better, thought Multiverse of Madness was better. Whoa. Um, yeah, and I am I am a Guardian's head. Like I Maybe love... you have the hot take. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I love the first two, but I just, um, I don't know. There were aspects of this movie that, that didn't quite hit the, the same highs that I was hoping for. So, um, is it, is guardians, I don't know. See, it's tough because if, if we get into it objectively, I guess, I guess you could say Guardians is a better made movie than Multiverse of Madness, but at the same time, I don't even know. Well, it's tough, but I get more enjoyment out of Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, you know, I hear you. I hear it. Yeah, and there's also the the element too, which which I always try to take myself out of, but I always think of like the what if. Um, shout out Marvel's uh, what if, um, <laughs> with the fact that like I think Guardians was supposed to be the first thing post avengers endgame if i'm not mistaken and how everything just gets moved around rewritten redone and then we end up with some of the stuff we have ended up with so there's a lot of what ifs there for me um and i i would say i don't know i think objectively i think this is the best 
you know, piece of content because of just the way I felt watching it. Um, but wow, Greg putting it forth. Interesting. Interesting. So, well, hold on. So when you say you think this might've been impacted by, I I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about gun getting fired. Cause that's what set everything back yeah. with this. Yeah. But, but counterpoint to that, they did, um, gun did say that this, this was effectively the script that he had written. And, um, Right. He also noted that he didn't have any plans to address Thor after Endgame. So he was happy that Taika did that with Thor Love and Thunder. So I think yeah. that was like a fortunate thing for Thor. But like it uh, ultimately what I'm trying to get at here is based on all the behind the scenes stuff that I've read. I mean, the only thing that changed with Guardians 3 really was just the release date. Like everything yeah. kind of was already mapped out to go this way. Yeah, but that's what makes it so interesting about the other movies is that they happen before. Like, there's no real connective story tissue to any of them. Mm-hmm. Like in in the in the big picture scheme of things, it's like, oh well, we moved Multiverse of Madness up, and it's like, well, that didn't really have anything. It almost feels kind of Black Widowy in a way, where it's like, here's this movie, and it's like it's a little. I just so you're saying like because it got moved, it should have connected somewhat. Yeah, like I, I wonder if this was released after, um, after Endgame, and maybe we don't have the No Way Home that we have. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that gotcha. doesn't happen. So um, I, I, I don't really mean that as like a selling point of, of being the, the best you know thing ever. I just the way I felt after that compared to the way I felt after the other ones, and you know maybe it's just because of the time we spent with these characters. You know, obviously with Wakanda Forever, there's the Chadwick Boseman hole. You know, that mm-hmm. was definitely in a more of an emotional movie where, you know, it was uh, it was definitely a little bit more of a challenge to get up for in a way for me. Um, and then, you know, the Spider-Man No Way Home, like, uh, you know, I haven't revisited that in a little bit, but uh, that definitely, as Hans mentioned, was definitely a big in theater. We have to see this opening night vibe, um, but it really hasn't, you know, I don't know. The wife loves to throw in the Spider-Man movies. So I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, the way, the way I felt with this and, and the way I think it was done, I think it's the, uh, arguably for me, I think it's easily top of the pops. So let me ask one more question about this. Um, yeah. and, and this just popped in my head. How much of, how much of your love for this comes about from, knowing that in some form or fashion, this was going to be the end of the guardians as we know them like externally, not right. not within the story frame, but like, you know, gun said, Hey, I'm done with this iteration. I'm off to DC. You have a lot of the actors saying, Hey, I'm not returning to the franchise. Like did that play into your judgment to say, Hey, this, this is the best thing since Endgame." You know, it's funny you mention that because I, I don't think it did. Um, because mm. I think some of the best things about this movie is like uh, the Nebula and Quill, like kind of relate, like just the way the characters interact. And maybe it's just the James Gunn writing and like how I felt about Suicide Squad or at least the new Suicide Squad, where it's just like mm-hmm. the banter is just so well done, the back and forth, the the weird jokes or inside jokes of, of different things. Um, and I wasn't really thinking about like, oh, this is the end, like, uh, you know, Bon Voyage, like I'm I'm emotional about it. it. You know, when it even comes down to the ending, it's kind of like, 
okay, like I see, you know, this is, you know, oh, Star Lord, you're you're going your different ways. I thought that thought that part was kind of some of the the I don't want to say the worst parts, but some of the, you know, I guess cheesiest parts um for it. So yeah, if that answers hmm, interesting. your question. Yeah. I, I will say, um, and not to turn this into our Guardians 3 2.0 podcast, yeah. but uh, something, something that I didn't mention during our episode, but I did give some thought to, is you have, um, uh, what's what's the name of the living planet that they're on? Is it Orga Corp or something like that? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a corp uh, or Orga Corp. Yeah, so what, whatever. When they're on that planet, <laughs> you have the whole subplot of um, – Star Lord trying to seduce the one worker into helping them. Um, And he was playing up, you know, his innocence and and trying to get to know her and stuff like that in a kind of playful way. Um, Also, you know, showboating to Gamora. And the payoff to that is once that subplot resolves, we see, star lord just drop the act and you know he's not a bad guy per se but it's like no i was totally using you because i have the charm and that's me i'm star lord i feel like if anybody other than gun had done that they wouldn't have had that part i think they just would have left it as no he was really being sweet and Mm. and everything but adding in that touch to the character where it's like no he's a rogue you know like this is yeah this is what he does like and it's using his charm that's one of his things that he uses to get by. Um, so I appreciated that. And I, it's a little flourish. I think that that gun put in there to, to call back to who Peter Quill really is, as opposed to anybody else handling it. And just like, no, he really got that person on our side and, you know, she helped out and yeah, we're going to wave by and that's it. You know, hmm. um, it was kind of like almost a, uh, a little mischievous twinkle in uh, star Lord's eye, yeah. the way that played out. So I really appreciate that little touch. All right. Enough about guardians three hands. What do you got for us? <laughs> I had a whole bunch more to say, but you guys were just, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's right. I didn't have anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. The first hot take I have, and, and this, this is coming from a big star Wars fan. Uh, I don't want any more star Wars projects for at least the next five years. Um, mm, that's a long so, time. Um, I, and this is going to be, uh, that time just in time to take him to see Star Wars. <laughs> five years from now, he'll be nine. So Jeez. I hope he'll just be I'm just about to turn nine. Um, this does not include Ahsoka because I am extremely excited for Ahsoka. <laughs> it comes out in two months. Um, that's that, that that doesn't count. It's already filmed and ready and ready to go. Uh, I don't want any more. I don't. Uh, I, I I understand that there's just a, there's a big Star Wars world out there right now. And there's a new show on Disney Plus, which is somewhat enjoyable for my three-year-old. Um, I'm playing <laughs> currently playing Jedi uh, uh, Survivor. There's just too much. There's too much to follow, and and I'm afraid that it's going to end up hitting. And a lot, a lot of people at this point with the new trilogy got that. What's the word? Uh, like fatigue, like the Marvel fatigue that we that we mm, felt. Yeah. I don't want that. One of the best things that I that I enjoyed about episode um, <sighs> seven that came out was the fact that there was what fifteen years between movies, not even, maybe ten years, I might think yeah. about ten years between movies. It wasn't we weren't getting fresh things every. We weren't. I'm not going to say fresh. We weren't getting projects every either year or every couple months. And I think it takes away. I think Star Wars is not the I, as much as a big universe there is. Disney got bills to pay, man. I, I under yeah. 
Um, it's just I, I think that it just it, it stinks because Star Wars used to be that kind of event movie, and now it's to the point where it's just they're 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 putting out <coughs> excuse me they're putting out like content on stuff that I I, I personally don't care too much about and and it's not just about me i mean there's people who are want to watch this stuff and are watching it but i just feel in terms of this this new set of movies that they're releasing give me like five years and just just let let the the hype die down on star wars or just let it die or lay 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 for a few years and bring it back big i i just i i just i don't like that it's just constantly around and now they're just doing things for money I feel like Disney since the Force Awakens has been doing that even before that to be honest um with the the prequel trilogy um I, I just I think it's more monetary now and it took away a lot from what Star Wars is so I I need I need some time I need some time So what about you guys So real quick did you you're specifying all projects you're not referring to just the movies right I I I would I'd be okay if there were no projects and Star Wars kind of just laid Laid in the dark laid for five years and played mm. and played possum. Because I was going to say, I mean, we haven't had a movie in four years, uh, coming up on four years. And I mean, I know. Listen, throw the pandemic in there as a uh, get out of jail free card. That's true. Um, Twenty nineteen. Yeah, Rise, Rise, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, we're coming up on year five. So we'll, <laughs> no, we'll all projects. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty spicy considering. Uh, to go back five years, let's just go – let's flash back in time because me and Hans love time travel. Uh, your son's not born uh, yet, and now you're going to say you want to fast forward five years, and your son will be nine. So I, I don't know. I always like thinking in terms of people's ages and life um, You know, with Hans with a nine-year-old. That's going to be great. Um so yeah, that would be that would be kind of a long time for me. Um, I think there's a lot of things with the MCU exhaustion and with the Star Wars. When when you were talking hands, I was thinking a lot of those Comic Con uh, like images they put up of like the future plans that they announce and get the crowd all feverish for like what's to come, like Comic Con um, and all that. Yeah, yeah, like where yeah. they announce like all the few and and coming in the Phase Twelve. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing, so. I just think I'd rather have quality over quantity. And I think there's been um, a lot lately of co- of quantity as opposed to quality. And maybe that's either to just stay in front. Maybe that's just because they got bills to pay and they know people will watch or pay. Um, they can sell toys. There's a whole list of, of reasoning behind it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go – I'm going to go no – uh, not a, not agreeing with you on the five years. Maybe give me like three years. But as I as I mentioned, the movie's already a four years. So let's go another five. I mean, sure, why not? So let's keep going. Uh, yeah, Papa, Papa, I'll throw it over to you. What do you uh, What do you think of this? Um, it is a spicy take. I'm kind of torn on this because I I see your guys' points. Like, definitely want quality over quantity, but at the same time. I don't know. I think uh, for me personally, a lot of the content that has come out, I've enjoyed. Like, I know a lot of people That's a take. not not fans of Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. I enjoyed fun. both. Um, 
what are you are you going to argue that I didn't enjoy them? I said I enjoyed. No, them. I, I didn't just, say whether uh, they were good or bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy, I enjoyed. You enjoyed Obi One. It's a bad movie. You enjoyed. I Obi-Wan? was kidding about that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know I did. I enjoyed Obi One. Um, sorry. So, so but but here's the thing. I do think when we have this glut of projects and the MCU learned this lesson hard, it definitely it definitely detracts something. You know, there's that specialness kind of goes missing. There's not look, the the phrase is absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Well, if you're not giving us time to have that absence, you know, we we just we can't be bombarded with, you know, this onslaught of uh of projects. Um I think they need to figure out a better schedule. Uh if if we're getting one project a year, whether that's a theatrical release or something like a live action series on Disney plus. I'm okay with that. Uh, and then alternate years, one year feature, one year, Disney plus one year feature, one year, Disney plus. Interesting. Um, and, and you can make the, the Disney plus stuff a little longer like Andor was. Um, but mm. we certainly don't need multiple projects a year on Disney plus, And we certainly don't need a theatrical release every year um, because we were either at that point or very close to that point uh, with the last go round and it was disastrous. So it just, I'm, I'm with you on, we need to space things out better, but I think five years, a five year moratorium is just, that's kind of ridiculous. And I also understand the point of Disney saying, Hey, look, we paid you know, 4 billion for this stuff. We need to get our ROI on this. We're going to squeeze um, those oranges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those sweet Florida oranges. Um, you know, I, I get that they need to make money also, but you, you don't want to devalue the property. And look, as much as my daughter loves that new Young Jedi show on Disney+, Finn, it's Finn like, loves it. yeah, it, it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, it's clearly money. Like, we don't, I don't need this. It's funny because, you know, shout out to uh, one of our coworkers, Lee. Um, Lee does not have any children my or my daughter's age. His his um, kids, I believe, are a little older. Uh, but um, he's like, yeah, I got to watch that new Young Jedi show. And I'm like, the one my daughter's watching? He's like, yeah, it's canon. And I'm like, dude, you got beast. I mean, look, I'm not trying to, you know, gatekeep and say, hey, do what you got to do for your fandom. But like um, – it's got to be up you on be the storyline. You don't man. need to watch everything, right? So, I, so, funny story with that. I was watching that the other day with Finn, and out loud, I said, "He doesn't know what I was what I'm about to say." I was like, "I hope this show ends at the at Order sixty six. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing: he no, it. it's not. And I'm sure whenever they do that Mando movie, Nubs the Ewok Jedi is going to be in there as like mm, you know, hey, we're we're probably. bringing this character to live action. I, I will um, make a point too, as, as Han said, he needs that uh, Ahsoka movie. I need that uh, season two of Andor. Uh, I think Andor is top tier Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, listen, s- stay tuned if that if that season lands hard for uh, hot take on my thoughts on Andor. So, yeah, yeah, and so like, and look, maybe it's just because I don't have as much of a connection to you know Rebels and the Clone Wars and stuff, but like. If I'm I'm missing Bad Batch, I'm not watching it because I don't have yeah. that connection. Guess what? Like I would I would just rather 
have it not exist period and not not see any marketing than have to be confronted with that no oh i'm missing out on yet another star wars project ahsoka as much as i like her character and you know the lore that i do know of her don't need a live action series for her like i think her appearances in mando and book of boba fett were enough we don't need more than that um you know maybe they feel there's more well clearly they feel there's more stories to tell but like it just it becomes that thing like you mentioned Andor. Andor was fantastic, and that was a new angle to go in things. The Acolyte sounds amazing, and I'm looking forward to that because it seems like, again, something different. So, like, give us more of that different stuff. Space it out more, but don't fast forward five years into the future and leave us with nothing. <laughs> That's my take. So, yeah, I think you're you're being a little spicy with that. <laughs> it's called hot takes. It is. It is. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to my next one. This is um, partially tied into <laughs> my slight OCD, but uh, I feel that sequels and build-up movies in general, not in every scenario, but in general, um, they need to be watched in order. So, like, I will give you a perfect example, and it, it sucks because it's crazy, but, like, Endgame or infinity war. I cannot watch those solo without having watched the other films that lead up to it. Whoa. Yes. And I know, look, it's, it's a hot take, but I feel like the intention of the writers is to build off of everything that came before. And it wraps things up so well that you are doing a disservice and ignoring the intention of that, that, full tie-in by not watching the content beforehand now endgame and infinity war is on the extreme end of things but like another example would be back to the future three there's only two movies prior to that right and hands i know you're a huge back to the future fan sure i won't watch i won't watch three solo without having watched one or two prior to that because again it's only a partial picture. You're like, yeah, it's supposed to be its own thing, but there's themes within the trilogy that ties everything together. I won't go and watch Empire Strikes Back if I haven't watched A New Hope recently. I just won't do it because I'm not – there is a full picture there and a full story that's being told, and I feel it's doing a disservice to the movie to just – zoom in on that one part even if i already know the context and i've seen the other movies just zooming in on that one part and not getting the whole scope of things i i i don't i feel it's being it's doing a disservice how did uh how did you grow up in the late 90s early 2000s with cable did you just like flick around and you're like up oh, empire's Bro, you've on seen my skipping. movie collection I know You've seen my movie I, collection and before, before dvds my VHS was like yeah. that I just I find uh, that yeah. interesting. I find that interesting for someone of your generation. Well, look, yeah. we AKA taped my movies. generation. Yeah, old, yeah, old head. We no, look, I mean, here's the thing. So for those that don't know, I have a very large Blu-ray and 4K collection. Prior to that it was DVDs. Still have some DVDs. Uh, and prior to that it was VHS. So yes, I would still do that stuff. But you also didn't have franchises. The way yeah, we do way now we with do. the interconnectedness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably the, the big one, I guess, would be Bond. But those those don't really tie together. Like for Bond, 
I would say you can watch those out of order with the exception of the Craig movies. I have to watch those in order. So. Right. That's interesting. What That is a hot take. I think that's a, I think you described it in the beginning. I think that's very OCD. So you might want to see a doctor <laughs> yeah. or get that diagnosed. Uh, interesting. Wow. Hans, any, any thoughts, initial thoughts on this while I gather the incredible <laughs> life of other Greg than rice? Yeah. Other than my host is a maniac. Yeah. No, uh, to be honest, no, I'll watch Endgame. I'll watch anything <laughs> in any order, no matter what. You're not trying if, to do a 20 movie marathon prior? If fa- yeah, if Fast Five is on, I'll watch it. And without watching the other four, uh, no, I don't, I don't have, I, I, with, I, I feel like, you know, time kind of is, is valuable. Um, so it's like, I can't, if I need, if I want to watch something that's on, like, I love Endgame. I love, I'd rather watch Infinity War than Endgame. But if Endgame's on TV and there's nothing else on, I'm I'm leaving Endgame on. At least I'll skip the middle part when it, like nothing really happens. But um, but yeah, I mean, that I've watched I've watched movies where I didn't even see the first one and I watched the second one. And um, i.e. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think I, the I, only movie that I can recall ever doing that with is the Raid Two. I saw the Raid Two before I saw well, Raid One. That's yeah. But well, the Raid Two was supposed to be the Raid be One, the so that's fine. One, yeah. <laughs> the Raid Two was supposed was was in in theory supposed so to be the Raid One. So you did it in the right order. No so you what. actually did do it in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, like I, I here's a, an example. Uh, this is probably not. It's uh, uh, Major League Two. I watched Major League Two. I didn't even know there was a Major League One. I thought Major League Two was Major League One for at least fifteen or sixteen years. And then that I saw the Major joke. League. No- I saw Major League <laughs> One on TV, and I said, "This isn't Major League Two. What is this one?" And it's the same movie. But I'm just, you know, just as I'm saying. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have that problem, and and I don't think that's like I don't think you're Every insane, or is a I don't think you're. And I don't think. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think you have a problem. I I would classify that as insane or or, or be like, yeah, my the host of the show is a lunatic. That's what I mean. <laughs> there's. A lot of people like if you want to watch things in order to get enjoyment out of that, then do whatever you got to do. Now, if I want to watch Infinity War, I'm not watching 20 movies to lead up to it. I'm just going to put Infinity War on because I know I, I've seen all those other movies enough times. Yeah, I'm not like super Man, I really want to go home and watch Infinity War. I'm just in the mood to watch like Thanos just tear it up and be like, ah, I can't watch I, I can't watch Infinity War till August now because I got to watch 20 <laughs> other movies. I right. think there's, I think there's an appreciation of going that route that I that agree. I, I, yeah, is says, but there's also an element to me that um, I enjoy where, as Hanratty's saying, if I flip on Fast Five, for instance, and it's like, oh, this is you know the one of this is like part of the pinnacle of this franchise, this peak cinema. Let me let me watch the bank I scene and remember what it was like watching that and not all the trash afterwards. So. I um I think it's, I think it, in God. Uh, well, I was gonna say just like I guess to compare it with Fast because you mentioned them like that yeah. for me would be like picking a random chapter in a book and just reading that chapter and it's like no nah, I'm good. You know? Right, I hear now, you. The the Fast is kind of like a Shel Silverstein poem book where it is they don't <laughs> they just all they're just all silliness and they don't really tie yeah. together. They try well, I mean, to. Yeah, there, there's definitely been a part of me like when when Jill, because Jill is a is is uh, a flagrant for this for Greg. I don't know how they would get along if they ever lived together. <laughs> where she'll just put on like the Dark Knight, and then I'll find myself getting sucked in, thinking Ugh. about the time I watched this, 
thinking about how, you know, this, you know, what ended up happening with this to lead to the last one or how this left off from the first one. So I, I find that interesting um, that you have to go through all that. So that's, it's intriguing. That's definitely spice, Greg. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to call that, but uh, enjoy. so, and, and like one other note to that. Uh, well, two notes actually. So like, when we're talking about the MCU specifically, like I'm not saying to get up to Winter Soldier, I need to watch every movie prior to that, but I will watch the other Cap movies. Right, exactly. Um, that's yeah. the first thing. The There's second thing cat. is, you know, huh? Oh yeah, There's the Cat, cat movies. Mo- the Cat movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing too is, I realize that this is a very unrealistic expectation. I, you know, work my time to to make stuff like this happen, but lots of people leave different lives, so not everybody can go this this yeah. cinematic route but that's okay I everything do feel, doesn't have to be the best or the worst it's fine exactly i just i feel like it's uh for me personally i'm doing a disservice to the story to just skip mm. out the other stuff and be like I think hey let me just the, visit this one i think that's the comic reader in you in a way because yeah, could be. I, I think there's an element where it's like movies are supposed to be standalones you know for for the most part and you know, in the dude, I can't tell you uh, of the last couple movies that I've seen where I've gone to, and I've been like, "Why are we trying to make a universe out of this?" Um, like, I would have just been fine if you had ended this movie here. Um, and you know, I'm not going to spoil any that we've seen recently, but there's been a handful at least where I'm like, "Wait, you're still going? You're 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 going to make a universe out of this movie?" Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I don't care what you say. I want the Weird Al cinematic universe. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Let's get it. I'm fired up, Roku. Fun, fun fact on this on this hot take. Uh, I tried to look and see if there was a, like what the name of it would be called, saying like you need to watch movies in order, and see if there's like some kind of you know weird thing that they gave a name that they gave it. I can't find mm-hmm. it, but um, ironically, there is a lot of results saying well, if I watch like what is it called uh, when you watch the same movie over and over. Uh, which I do all the time. Yeah, so uh, I found out more about myself about uh, uh, basically the psychology of watching the same thing over and over. So I'm learning a little bit more about myself with this. Yeah. All right. Well, if we have any uh, doctors in our any, yeah. listenership any and you, you want to do a uh, American medical sciences paper on me, hit me up. Yeah. Any psychologists <laughs> who also were film majors, please hit, uh, hit us up so we can uh, get you in touch with Greg. <laughs> yes. Uh, Eric, how about you? What's, what's your hot take? Your next yeah. Take? So, um, my next hot take, um, is actually, um, you know, just, I just want you guys to settle in and just picture this really quick. This uh, is a weird one, you know? Well, uh, I don't know. You might be jumping ahead. You might be thinking where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So just picture yourself sitting in a movie theater. Uh, you're going, you know, like me quite frequently. And even if you go in frequently. Like a regular person, it's yeah. Imagine in a movie theater, and you sit down, and all of a sudden, you know, you're watching the Spider Verse trailer again. You've seen it online, you've seen it on Twitter. Here it is, you know, in the flesh. And listen, there's a benefit, I think, to watching things on the big screen. There's a reason why movies come out that way. Um, but my pitch, um, and my hot take is, is I don't think we should be playing upcoming movies in theaters. I think we should be playing old trailers and clips for movies. Now stay with me here. There's a new Mission Impossible coming out. Now you're telling me you throw on a maybe one or two trailers from the previous one before cuz we all know what we're there for. We all know like we all know Mission Impossible is coming out. We all know we want to see it. 
you're telling me when you show up to Mission Impossible, if they're not playing a Tom Cruise best of hits, or if they're not showing a couple of the previous Mission Impossibles, you're not getting fired up for that movie that night. If they're playing like a clip from Top Gun, you're not going to be Maverick. You're not going to be excited. Or let's just say you're going to the new Star Wars property, and it's been a minute since we've been there. It's been five years, as Chris would say. <laughs> and you get in there, and they're playing the freaking hits of the trailers from some of these movies, getting you excited, kicking that score, that John Williams <laughs> score in for it. You're going to see the Meg 2. Not only are they recapping you with the Meg 1, but they're showing you a trailer for Jaws. They're showing you a trailer for Piranha 3D. Yeah, we're talking to you, one guy who's actually going to see the Meg 2. Yeah, we're talking to you. <laughs> and I just think there's there's a world here where we could get a little bit more creative. Now, listen, if you want to – if you want to now, my whole thing with this is too is, is when we go to the movies, it's about 20 – it's a high 20-minute for trailers. We're not talking ads. We're just talking about the previews for movies. I'm and talking disrespectful. I'm talking a cool 15, 15 to under, definitely under 20, but somewhere in that 15 to 20 range of a package of just something to get you excited. You're going to see Oppenheimer. Here's here's some Nolan best hits. Here's the Inception trailer again. Um, you're going to see Barbie. Here's uh, the video. What was that? What was that song? I'm a Barbie girl. Who was that by? Aqua. Um, Aqua. Aqua. Put that on. Right. You know, you're going to tell me you're not getting amped for this. Um, Going to see Aquaman 2, put on the trailer for Waterworld. Exactly. <laughs> Let's So, let me let me throw it to let me throw it to Papa and let me get you let me get your thoughts on this. Are you are you living with me in this in this alternate universe as someone who absolutely adores old trailers and will spend a night going down that YouTube rabbit hole? I think this idea is spectacularly dumb. No! Oh, come on. Uh, look, no, here's the thing. So I think you might be on to something if, like, there's little montages of, hey, yeah, here's here's the um, the next Mission Impossible. Here's, here's it. Instead of a, a trailer for it, and here's, like, you know, a a five minute clip of like the greatest hits from the series wrapped up. Yeah, I get that. But like <clears throat> showing as much as I would want to see them on the big screen, I don't see any sense whatsoever in doing this. Um, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of dumb. And then, and then Thanks. especially more so, sorry. I, Hey, it's a hot take. Cause it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's out there um, as Kramer would do. Um, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, here we go. Good. So with modern, with modern movies, um, then you get down the rabbit hole of, all right, we're going to show a trailer for the force awakens. You going to show the teaser. You're going to show trailer one. You're going to show trailer two. Uh, they're just, they're showing trailer two, but that's the one that, gives everything away and it's not the superior trailer. Like the teaser's probably the best and the first the full trailer was pretty good. Maybe but maybe we have a trailer Twitter. too. Maybe we have a Twitter voting poll that lets you vote for which trailer will be on there. Bro, I would love to live in your utopia, but there's it it zero right. sense. And then and then um you know from a from a perspective of stuff that's upcoming um, look, we're definitely hit over the head uh, with stuff 
in today's age because there's so many different outlets to market a movie. But on occasion, um, you will be hit with a surprise trailer where it's like, hey, I didn't know that was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a perfect example. For me, Pope's Exorcist. I had no idea that movie even existed until I saw a trailer like three weeks before it came out. Guess what? Then we made it a point to go see it, and I enjoyed it. I You're shaking your head. You. Yeah, well, whatever. But the fact is, I didn't well, know that movie existed. If we start tr- playing trailers for old movies in front of a current film, well, it's listen. like, well, okay, how – I, I wouldn't even know what Pope's Exorcist is, you know? Yeah, and you I don't want to live would, in that world. You would find out. You would find <laughs> out. There's there's an element to me when trailers are released where it's like, oh, 15 million views on YouTube, the most watched trailer. Nobody cares once they go to the theater about like what's coming. Everyone wants to avoid it. I'm talking about getting butts in seats, excited for Listen, they already do it in Fast and the Furious. You go to see a new Fast and the Furious movie, guess what? You're bombarded with the good old days of what it was like watching the good Fast and the Furious movies. So that's all I'm just trying to add here. Thanks for hating on it. I appreciate you. We'll skip your <laughs> Thanks, turn. Thanks, I hate it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hands, are you with me or are you with Greg? All right. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to go on long about this. Uh, so – as Guess someone you didn't who's like a big, it. who's a big fan of <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of Waystar Royco, uh, the the media company yeah, from six Succession. In. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, it's, I, it's a company that's a media company. You know, that's based on you know, some marketing. This is not a good idea. You would put so many marketing departments out of business because Unreal. they have to like basically sell their upcoming product. Do I I, – I, I completely agree with both of you is there is a lot of trailers. 20 minutes during trailers is a lot. I remember – It's not 20 the, minutes. It's 20 plus, my dude. It's like 28, 25. That's fine. I, so, Egregious. And I'm, and I'm saying it kind of like on the – when you know when we worked at, at the theater, it was kind of like, oh, well, how much time do you have for trailers? Like, you got to get 12 to 15 minutes. But yeah. you, know, no, you should be all right after 15 minutes. Now, yeah, you're hitting 20, 25 minutes. That's too much. There's way too much. Um. But yeah, I I mean I, I I don't if I'm going to see Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, I don't want them to show me clips of Rain Man. Like I just thought, like on an IMAX screen. That's not like, what I'm <laughs> saying, bro. It's got to be within the universe of that. Come on, I get what you're saying. I was stop kidding. the hate. I was stop kidding. the hate because Tom Cruise was in both. Listen, um, I can't wait for the listeners to be like, "Hair, I'm all in with you." That would be great. If I, you two guys, if you here come up with this billion silly. dollar idea. It, t- it technically belongs to Greg because this is his platform. So, uh, Greg, <laughs> just remember I was on your side when this Noted. came. All right, cool. All right. Um, Harry, I love out of the box thinking. I really do. Um, you need to put it back in the box. Put this back in the box. You guys can be wrong. Put it back in the box. Put it back in the box. Send it back to Amazon. I'm or just, Coles. I'm just thinking of the every everyday man moviegoer. You guys are on your pompous thrones, living your lives. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, I'm just saying. So what about this, is, this was this came in an Etsy box where you didn't really get what you thought you were going to. You just put it back in and return it. I know. I know this isn't quite the same as your terrible idea. But um, <laughs> what about <laughs> what about a film festival where you just watch trailers for you know seven hours? I went to one before. <sighs> um, I want to say I don't think it was the. What's the one out in Phoenixville? The, the theater man, begins in an M. The man Hawking. Uh, no. no, I mm-hmm. but you know what I'm talking about. I went to sure. um, an animated shorts festival there, and that was cool. I could see doing classic trailers. 
Yeah, I mean, there was uh, when I worked at Granite Run, uh, there was we had a trailer reel of like old early 2000s trailers um, on there. And it was just a huge film of trailers. And it's fun for a little bit, but I think it has to be a little curated or you have to know what's coming up for it. Um, I uh, I don't know. To take – right, we'll here's my it. list. We'll workshop it. My last thing. Take your idea. What I want before each movie is an old trailer playing and Nicole Kidman talking over it. Nice. <clears throat> there you go. Sorry. We'll workshop it. We'll By workshop the way, it. Phoenixville was the colonial. Heartbreak feels uh, the good colonial. in a place like this. Yeah. Good accent. All right. New Jersey. <laughs> Hope you have a better hot take. <laughs> yeah, my next hot take. Stop I the think hate. they should get rid of movie theaters forever. Um, <laughs> Terrible. All right. My next take goes a little bit what we talked about uh, a little bit ago with The Flash. I do not think James Gunn will have a successful tenure financially in the DC universe. Interesting. Um, in the new DC universe, uh, I think that DC is not going to learn their lesson. I think just because Gunn is now the head of who's been had a successful history in Marvel, he's a good name to have behind them. They're going to focus on projects that are people don't care about. Um, now, I don't have the list of what he went over, but I know there's a new Superman movie coming out, which I think a lot of people are are not going to be happy with because Cavill's gone. But again, I'm open to a new. You're upset about that. that. That's like the fifth time. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not joking. I think I might be the only one on on this show that enjoys I'm Man sorry. of Steel. Or you guys, uh, like, I really, like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably my favorite DC EU movie. Um, out of all of them. Whatever you and Henry can play The Witcher together and, and hold each no, other. No, no, no. I got to deal with oh, Liam Hemsworth. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, he'll he get fired from that too. He'll do that. That whatever Holmes movie three. Then um, a lot of Holmes. Nola Holmes. A Nola Holmes. Yeah. Um, I, I I I thought about this as they were taught as James Gunn. James Gunn is very vocal on Twitter. When a lot of people when they ask him about rumors, he goes against a lot of people who talk about. Oh well, this person's down to the like Nicholas Holt is down to the last few of superman and he just comes out and says no you're wrong um i respect that i think a lot of the projects that are coming out are not going to be successful and i think a lot of people there's going to be a lot of um i heard myself talk sorry i said there was like an echo sorry sorry sorry. harry um i i think um i I think it's definitely going to be the type of projects where you're not going to get butts in the seats. Like Blue Beetle is apparently supposed to start his DCU or DC whatever universe. That movie, that movie, if that makes anything more than thirty five million, I will be. I'll take surprised. that price. I'll make. Yeah, I'll but are you going to fault over. him for that? That was already shot by the time he came on yeah. board. He, I, I, I won't fault him for that. Same but thing I think with there's Aquaman. A, I, I, I'm sorry, I won't. I will give him the the slate, the clean slate of um, the Snyderverse. So that's fine. He did say that Blue Beetle was supposed to like kick off. So I think they maybe they're going to include Blue Beetle in the future, possibly. But I I remember him saying that that the Blue Beetle is going to be heavily involved in like the DC moving forward. Um, I don't know. I, again, things could change. But a lot of the lineups that I think that they that he decided to roll out, I don't think. There's going to be a lot of interest at this point. I think there's already a 
a bad a bad name to the DC universe, and I don't think he's going to be the one to save it. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure that he's in. Uh, you know, maybe by the time his contract's up, they're not going to renew, and he's going to be he'll be back at Marvel. Uh, I'm I'm confident he'll end up back in Marvel as mm. as either the new Kevin Feige or something. I feel like I don't know. And I'm based on like you know with the the Suicide Squad movie that he did um, was was good. It was okay. It wasn't great. I thought it was. All it was right. great. That's fine. <laughs> it was okay. Um, it was fine, Harry. We just talked about this. Movies can be just okay. And um, yeah, I just I don't see him. I, I feel like he understands the Marvel universe more than DC and what fans want. And I just don't think that. I think a lot. He's gonna see a lot of bombs more than successes in in the future <clears throat> gentlemen's thoughts harry i think uh i think if you were making the case there could be some mcu exhaustion or star wars exhaustion with the way they're going with this and that's why it might not be successful i i would agree with you but uh, to say it won't be financially successful i think putting gun in the position that he's in is is to help make sure that they are um that either they have some continuity or if they're standalones that they stand out for X, Y, or Z reasons in regards to, is this true to the character? Is this going to be as funny as, you know, a comic, um, you know, whatnot. Um, I have faith in James Gunn. I mean, I sat here and sang his praises for guardians of the galaxy. I just told you my feelings on suicide squad. I, I really enjoyed it. So I, uh, you know, I'm not to be contrarian again for you, but I think uh, I would, I would, bet against i would bet with him having financial success however i will say that a lot of that depends on superman um and i think if he gets off to a rough start with that um or if he goes in a direction i think that'll make fans upset and not bring in the casuals i think then you're looking at a real big problem here is you know because listen when his superman movie comes out we'll all see it one way or another um, but I think for your everyday Joe, are they going to be going to see it? You know, is it going to have that Batman Begins effect where it's like, hey, man, this was really cool um, and really, you know, fun for whatever reason. So those are my thoughts. I think it'll be successful. But again, as you mentioned, Chris, there could be a world where Superman comes out. It's awful. They go in a different direction and guns back at Marvel. So we'll see. Papa, what about you? Yeah, so I do think that this is a wild take. Um, I don't agree with it. I think um, Harry does make <laughs> Harry does make a good point about them needing to knock Superman out of the the park, or else it's just going to be um, it's going to be tough to recover. Um, but and I'm not going to talk about his slate of. Um, like made for TV stuff, but just his theatrical slate um, specifically with stuff that was not in pre-production prior to him coming on board. You got Superman legacy. I think that that will be a hit. I think it'll probably be the most successful Superman movie since maybe Superman two. I think it'll, it'll blow out uh, man of steel. Definitely Superman returns. Um, you have the authority. That's the big question mark, uh, given that those characters are not as well known. Um, but Gunn also had the same situation with Guardians, and he made it work. 
the authority is not the same um, dynamic as guardians. It's much more, I don't want to say darker, but there's, there's definitely a serious undertone. Think of it kind of as like a toned down version of the boys, I guess, uh, in terms of like what flavor to expect from the authority, but you're also not the authority. I don't think is going to have the same budget as um, Superman. So when we're talking about financial success, it's like, all right, yeah, but you know, if you keep the budget in line, um, and you're not, you know, making this as a $250 million movie on an unknown property. Yeah. There's, there's room to be financial, uh, financially successful as long as you're not going crazy with it. Brave and the bold, I think is going to be huge. Absolutely huge. I think fans have been clamoring for, um, Batman and Robin, uh, for a long time. Um, and specifically, People love Damian Wayne as Robin, and this is not an angle that, uh, I mean, tackling Robin, period, um, hasn't really been done. I'm just going to discount the Nolan stuff. It hasn't really been done since the Schumacher stuff, and that wasn't really done, um, it, you know, it was kind of done jokingly and half-heartedly, half-heartedly. We haven't really seen a serious live-action theatrical Robin can I can I please I think, cut in real quick? Re, please yeah. respect Nolan and his his interpretation of Robin. It was perfect. <laughs> well, I'm discounting it because it wasn't. That's not Robin. You know, he the guy's it. name, his is, name Robin, is Robin, and that's he it. He said he was yeah. he was Robin. That that was Nolan's <laughs> vision, his fantastic creative vision. Please continue. That is a character named Robin, not Robin. Um, please continue. So, yeah, all right. So brave and bold. I think I think brave and bold could potentially be the breakout here where it, it makes even more bank than Superman. Uh, you have Supergirl woman of tomorrow, as long as they keep this based on the, the comic series um, that, that they say it's going to be based on. I think that'll be a huge hit. Uh, I just read that series for the first time. Um, I want to say like maybe three months ago, actually when, whenever the announcement was made, I rushed out and, downloaded it and it was fantastic uh and i'm not a super girl guy and then the last thing is swamp thing and look swamp thing yeah there's a question mark there too kind of like the authority swamp thing is more known than the authority but probably not that much but you're also not looking at a 250 million dollar project again i think you know maybe they keep that to blue beetles level budget and again there's plenty of room for success so Movie by movie, I, I don't think there's much of a question here of him being financially successful. And I think the creative is there. I think that he genuinely cares about these characters. He's going to usher in um, interpretations that appeal to the mass audience as well as fans. Uh, you know, Snyder had his vision and... I think that was what he wanted to see. And that was that. And, you know, fans be damned. So as much as, you know, you have all these Snyder bots and stuff out there, it's like he, he had his take on the DC universe, which does not align with the comics. And we got what we got. But I think gun is more aligned. And I don't and, and mm. this being a hot take, I don't want these movies to fail. At all, I think there there are some interesting ideas, and and you have a very good point with the with him bringing out Guardians, and no one knew who Guardians were before. Um, I think the only 
The only thing with that is the fact that Marvel was already a, a pretty successful existing property and they were these characters were being landed into. Uh, stuff with the Authority, I'm not familiar with. Uh, you know, Swamp Thing, I've heard of it. I, I don't know too much about it. Um, Brave and the Bold, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in a in a, a new Batman movie. Like outside of the, I, I'd like, I do like these tie-in movies, and that's why I'm glad. Like we have a Batman that exists in the Else Worlds where it does its own thing with Pattinson, and then we're gonna get another interpretation of Batman that hopefully ties into a bigger picture. I'm okay with that. I just I have a feeling that DC has a stink on them that if if Gunn does is successful and makes successful movies, I'm all for it. I, I you know I just I just have a feeling that Warner Brothers has had a history of throwing out a lot of money to to creators and and directors and, and to on crap projects, and it could be where Gunn convinces them to throw 150 200 million on the authority and it makes 70 million back so you know <sighs> it, and i don't yeah i don't want this to be a debate of of like is will gun destroy the dc universe before he even really builds it up i think it just i don't know i just feel like with past history i he's a better filmmaker i think than snyder so i think that's that's at least a better more reassuring fact yeah, it's just I don't know. It's the DC t- talking about the success of the DC EU is difficult because there's a ton of different factors that tie into it. Like you didn't have one creative vision that was steering the ship like you have with Kevin Feige. Um you did have Snyder who, you know, this is the Snyderverse as fans um so called it, but like, um, you still had some projects out there that were more steered by their own creative forces, and those tended to be better. So, like Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman, the first one, or um, uh, James Gunn with the Suicide Squad, the first Aquaman was okay. Um, and then you have stuff like uh, the first. Suicide Squad movie, which had a good had a chance to be good, but you know, according to Ayer, studio interference just shot it down. Trying so, to get the like, and, and re-edit it to hell. So there's just it's it's a more complex thing than just saying everything is Snyder's fault or everything will be James Gunn's fault. Um, but I think you know, if if you were to kind of zoom out and say yeah, is is Gunn gonna steer the ship correctly? I I think he will, it, and I'm talking financially and creatively. I I hope you're right. We'll we'll revisit this this episode in um. Oh, and give, <laughs> let's give it like seven Ten years. years. <laughs> Ten years and after then, uh, the we'll, the gun verse is done. Yeah, after the gun <laughs> after we we have the trolls coming out saying release the gun cut or like whatever it's, whatever it's called. <laughs> Second Amendment the, universe, the gun verse. Yeah, yeah. Now the gun verse is coming out great. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. My next hot take is: Look, um, hate to break it to you, they're two of the greatest directors of all time. I'm talking Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan, but I think that their love of 35 millimeter is, um, uh. Incorrect. <laughs> I think they worship oh. it. I think they worship it um, beyond 
what it should be considered as. Look, 35 millimeter, um, you know, since since digital projection has come into uh, the forefront and 35 mil has um, basically died. Um, I'm just going to say it. The quality is not comparable. And I am always about the quality. Is there something to be said for an occasional trip down memory lane and watching a film in 35 mil? Sure. Yeah. You get that nostalgic feel, but, but when I watch a movie in 35 mil and you know, it's powered by a Xenon bulb and look, lighting is not as good. Um, if we're being honest, sound isn't as good. You run the risk of scratches and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm a visual guy. Look, the new movies just look great. I think, you know, when, when we talk about, um, like film stock, I guess, versus digitally recording, uh, you know, maybe that's one thing, maybe that's a, a different topic, but in terms of the presentation, seeing a movie presented on 35 millimeter versus seeing a movie presented digitally. Um, I just digital for me, hands down. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't get them worshiping at that altar. And, you know, you get a lot of cinematic um, snobs and elitists that are like 35 mil, it's 35 mil or nothing. Or, you know, the IMAX 65 mil is that 70 mil. 70 mil. Yeah. Doubled. Of course. Doubled. Have known. Um, you know, it, I just, I think those are people that are looking at things through rose tinted glasses and, and saying, Oh, it was better back in my day. You know, get with the times, dude, digital projection, much better presentation. It's, it's facts. Boys. <laughs> um, a couple things on 35 millimeter. Uh, I, I, working in a movie theater, I used to hate 35 millimeter because uh, threading those projectors up uh, <laughs> while it felt like it actually was kind of feel oh, like, a movie, like something extremely technical <laughs> and like all the little pieces <laughs> of it. Uh, it just, it, well, on a busy Friday night and you got to thread like seven of them, seven of them up and, and, and it's, it's a, a busy Friday. Now nah, that wasn't fun. Um, and you drop that print and you're done. Like you might as well just, you might as well just quit. Uh. Um, <clears throat> I, 35 millimeter you you can have the option to do funny things like what they do in fight club uh if you know you know uh i don't with splicing certain things into the the um the film um I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that but if you're listening and you know about the fight club little splice uh welcome to old man corner yeah i'm just saying um look it up um unless you unless you're under the age don't look it up um <laughs> Um, I'm not I, underage. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm not going to look oh, it up. <laughs> okay, no, no, just all right. I'll, 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 I'll text you. Yeah, tell me um, off here. Yeah, that's fine. Um, no, I, I, I agree with like digital and 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 you know I think Nolan needs to get off his high horse and just get with the times and start making good Unreal. movies instead of worrying what he's filming it on. Um, Tarantino's fine. I, I don't have no problem with him doing. He, he can do what he wants. He does the same exact thing though. I know. I just don't like Nolan. I like Quentin Tarantino better, and I like Nolan. <laughs> yeah, we so, got it. We get it. Yeah, great. No, I, I like. I, I think that like it. It, dude, times are changing, and and they really are. Just get with it. I, you want to make your movies look better. Oppenheimer will probably look fantastic on a digital, like like 
if it was shot digitally. It would look amazing. It's probably still going to look amazing like an IMAX theater, but you know, I, I just think that just just start like change it up, man. Just get with what everyone else is doing, because you know, like someone whoever's filming those movies is probably like this this son of a gun. Like he's, he's still using film, and it's just I I don't I, I yeah get rid of it. It's it, it's it's an it's a dinosaur. It's like an old yep. relic that you find. Yeah. And like um, you find uh, it like the back room of a theater. Yes. I just want to make it one quick clarification also. I mentioned um xenon bulbs with 35 millimeters. Digital projectors still use xenon bulbs, but if you go to some higher end uh or premium format locations, which is pretty much what I exclusively see movies in nowadays, it's laser projection. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah your movies now. They're it's nuclear fine. bulbs. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, I would say um, in the element of, hey, I want 35 millimeter to reach as many people as possible and let's install a projector um, in whatever place. I would say you don't need to do all that because most of the people who are going to watch it in 35 are going to probably be New York and L.A. anyway. And those are mostly where you'll find a lot of the people that I think Greg is referring to with it. Um but I mean, hey, if you're Nolan and you're Quentin Tarantino and they give you the money to do that, I say go for it. So to make it the way you want to make it, if you want to shoot on film as opposed to digital, if you want to release it in 35 millimeter um, as well as digital, um, I think beside like I, I mean, I will see things in IMAX and that's pretty much the only format I will uh, say is worth checking out in anything else i think you're taking a chance um in regards to quality even with digital i don't think digital projection is as great as everyone makes it out to be uh i would even suggest staying at home uh to get a better presentation than sometimes going to the movie theater so uh if you're not doing if you're not doing imax so we're looking at you dolby at the unnamed theater yeah listen (laughs) yeah fix your lights um Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, and just, you know, 3D lenses in front of it, uh, you know, sound adjusted multiple different times and never, you know, recalibrated. Uh, but, you know, in 35 millimeter, you need a person there to, to make sure it all looks good. So uh, that would be I would say this is this is a take I agree with with some with some uh, clarifications for me. So, gotcha. All right. What about you? What's your next hot take? Yeah. So my next hot take um I'll, I'll explain this one a little bit, uh, but I think, uh, well, my hot take is that I think Barbie will be a superior movie to Oppenheimer. Um, now, this is coming from the guy who, uh, you know, loves Christopher Nolan. Uh, but I think there is an argument to be made um, that there could be some fatigue with uh, Nolan heads um, and also with this movie. And people thinking the movie's either fine or, you know, hey, we we know the story, uh, you know, and that it's unsurprising to them. Where I think with Barbie, I think there's a chance that a lot of people will go in either low expectations, no expectations, and be pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think there's a lot more upside to Barbie and people and even myself seeing Barbie. I think I've talked about this with my wife where... I think there's a heavy chance I'll go into Barbie and be uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, And there will be a chance that I will be 
overly surprised uh, with that, where with Oppenheimer, I could see it being like, it's good. Maybe not Nolan's best. You know, I, I could see, I could see the dialogue. I guess I'm just trying to read in between the lines here. So my vote's going to be that I think Barbie will be a superior film to Oppenheimer. Um, and I don't even know box office dollars. This, this could be, this could be possible trouble for my man, Nolan. So we'll say, um, Chris, there's some language I would like to use for the grin you have on your face, but um, I'll keep it PG here. Uh, what would you like to say in regards to this? I completely agree. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, all right, Greg, here, what about you? No, no, no. That, <laughs> no. Um, g- give me, give me like at least one minute. Um, ah, no. Great. <laughs> Shut up. Um, in terms of quality, I, I, I think financially, I think Barbie's gonna beat out open uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer. I, I think. I think that's Oppenheimer's rated R. I believe. Correct. I'm assuming uh, it is. I, I don't know. I don't right, know I'll either. I would imagine but, a lot of a lot of Nolan stuff is PG-13, <laughs> and you also have to think about Barbie might not get premium format. So right. So I I think that I I don't know. I think Barbie is going to take it financially uh, in terms of quality. I look. I'm interested in Oppenheimer as much as I trash Nolan. I, I really. I, I it does mm, the trailer does look really good. I I, I do it mostly you. for fun. I just because he made one bad movie with the Dark Knight, then I I just I, I like to trash the um, Dark Knight Rises. You not I even said the... I said what I said, okay. and um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, but no, I I, I am really interested. I, I I I think this is a hot take coming from you because I feel like Oppenheimer is probably your most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah, and I feel it's like this was something that you would you. They could have released the worst trailer with like Benny Hill music on it, and yep. you'd still ride or die for it. One hundred percent. So I, I guess I, this I'm, is. I, I'm just. Ahead. I feel like I'm having a crisis of the narratives. Like I can see the narratives coming, where it's like, I just I'm reading the the Rotten Tomatoes scores and the reviews, and it's like Oppenheimer, it's good, but you know it leaves you a little bit wanting. And everybody's like, Barbie, what a masterpiece! The soundtrack, the colors, the score, the comedy the heart and like i could just see it all happening i know um, exactly i know and i'm not i'm not going i i agree with you where i i think that i might just be I, playing I think, the odds here so i i think i'm 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 a little actually more excited to see barbie than i am oppenheimer i don't know why same and i think i'm probably my fall in that where it's just something different like i understand like the, oppenheimer's probably gonna be a visual like bar both of them are gonna be like visual like i was yeah. masterpieces but they're gonna no be one. like they're gonna be very like this dude's blowing up towns for real to get a good shot. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a tough take because Barbie is, I, I, you know, it's not the first time a toy's been made into a movie, but it feel it just from what's being released, it feels like an original movie that they're that they're doing with the property. Um, I I don't know. This is a tough one to 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 kind of agree or disagree with. So I'm kind of like on the fence. I think. At the end of the day, when we do that double feature and we're talking and discussing at Applebee's afterwards of which one we like more, I think I'm probably going to say Oppenheimer. I'm a little more excited. I think I'm going to like more, but I don't All know. Right. I, I, that's, I, it's, a, it's an interesting take from you, but not a, not a bad one. I, I wouldn't say I think it's spicy coming from you, but I think that you're, that the general public are probably going to lean more towards Barbie. Yeah, I'd agree. So, Greg, what about you? Um. I think you're wrong uh, because both of these movies Jesus. are going Anything to be amazing. Anything you on tonight? Uh, no. Both of All these right. movies good, good are good going here. to be equally amazing. Um, 
I I look, I try to temper my expectations with every movie going in. Um, except maybe like uh the last Ghostbusters movie that my expectations were pretty high for that. But uh, I'm not. <laughs> but uh I I'm telling you right now, like I'm expecting both of these movies to be a minimum of four stars. Um right. minimum starting off. And I'm I'm really trying to keep that that hype train down, but I have can't. You, I think both of these. Have you seen the new trailers for both of them? I have Oppenheimer, not. yes. Barbie, no. Okay. Um, I do not. Yeah. So, I mean, I look. I think at the end of the day, we're all going to be winners. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't think Barbie will be better than Oppenheimer. I don't think Oppenheimer will be better than Barbie. I gotcha. will say. I will say. Um. You do have some logic from my end to back this up because the last two Nolan movies were Tenet and Dunkirk, correct? Dunkirk. <sighs> yeah, Tenet for sure. Dunkirk, I think, sounds right. Um, I'll do a double check, though. So I don't yes, think that yeah. those were – okay. I don't think those were two of his finest. They were good. <clears throat> they were very good. But um, in the pantheon of – uh, Nolan movies, those are probably both lower end. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's like, we're, I think we're setting the stage for the grand return of Nolan with Oppenheimer. Um, sounds like I'm, <laughs> he is an idol of mine and he's not, but, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I can't see any world where this doesn't hit. Yeah, and I mean, I think it'll hit. I just, I wonder if it'll hit as hard as I would want it to, and I hope it does. Um, it, it'll I, hit I you just, like a nuclear bomb, baby. Yeah, you're yeah. Not wrong. I just feel <laughs> as though I, I, could, I can see the writing a little bit, and uh, I'm, I'm not disappointed in it. I just, you know, that is my hot take, because I think Barbie will be a superior film to Oppenheimer. Um, like I said, I could, I could see the fatigue of, you know, like you said, out of Tenet, out of Dunkirk and being like, yeah, this is another, you know, we get it, Nolan type of thing. And while I would hate that discourse um, and I probably wouldn't agree with it, I could totally, you know, see people over the moon and even myself being like, damn, you know, part of the thing, like we we've joked about watching both of these movies the same night. And I say joke, but we will um, is I kind of want to see Barbie last because I kind of want to, I feel like that'll be a better movie to come out of, you know, with a little pop in our step as opposed and to the night on a high note. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the other feeling I have. And maybe that's why I feel that way. So I'm happy, happy to be wrong. Happy to be aligned with you, Greg, but you know, those are my thoughts and uh, the, what's uh Oh, sorry. <laughs> Harry's oh, I was be, just going to say, good. Good. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say Harry's like May's like leaving upset. He's like Harry's gonna wish they like dropped the atomic bomb on like Moortown. like basically like all yeah. of America. Harry's yeah. gonna like they just keep dropping them. Pretty much. Um, I will say the other interesting thing going into this is, with Oppenheimer is that I mean this is a story about the creation of the nuclear bomb and the scientists working on the Manhattan Project. Yeah. Uh, not much room for action. And, you know, his last couple films have been very action heavy. Um, So curious to see how that plays out. I mean, I again, I think it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, And, you know, nice to see performances take center stage as opposed to big action set pieces. But that is something to consider. 
Yeah, I could see him using time the way he kind of did with Dunkirk, where I think there wasn't a, like there is some action in that, but there's not a ton. But the way that movie moves, where it's kind of all building, I think it's going to be very similar um, in mm. that aspect of it. So, hands, what's your uh, what's your next uh, next take? Um, I have one where it basically was, and this is a lot of talk, especially with the writer strike going on, that an AI movie is going to be nominated for an Academy Award in the in by f- in the next five years. Whoa, um, Haley Joel would come back. <laughs> what artificial intelligence oh, yeah. oh yeah. I it. sorry yeah it's you all right i'm gonna mess with me yeah, um, no i just i think that you know what there's a lot of talk with a with ai taking over the jobs of writers and you know i don't in certain aspects of of um the stories that that are being written i, yeah, I think you're it's pro gonna AI, get to the point, right you're pro ai that's what i don't know here on the streets yeah, I, I yeah, I just I I just love artificial intelligence so much. Um are you or Alan Iverson, either or. Um I know I really um I, I just I, I think there's a lot of like talk where I it it's AI with like chat GBT or whatever that thing's called. I don't really know if that's what it is it's called, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. I think we're getting to a point where like artificial intelligence and I'm not as conspiracy theorist at all, um, is gonna get to the point where it's gonna overrun a lot of parts where it's gonna be a lot easier for a company like let's just take Warner Brothers for example, and they want to pump out a uh, another Suicide Squad. Like let's do artificial intelligence and write another movie. Watch that turns out to be successful. Like you and and I just think that there's going to be certain there's going to be a time where this is not this discussion is not going to be going away. It's going to get to the point where there could be a movie where an AI writes it and it ends up being a, getting an award for original screenplay or something. I don't want that. I'm not again. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the way that things are evolving, I just think that it, it wouldn't be a shocker that if we see down at, like even by like 2030, if we're going to see more movies being written by AI and end up, you know, being critically acclaimed or or noticed. So I I mean they're not going to be able to accept awards, so those shows will go a lot quicker. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't I, know. Uh... Megatron I, accepts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, us, I, for us, F to accept F. Thank I'd you. Like, I like this take because I like, would like it for the discussion if there was a movie that was like, hey, you know that one was AI written? And it's like, is it going to get a nomination? Um, I would be interested to have that discussion. Uh, like you said, Hans, would I want this to happen? Absolutely not. Um, I think there is still room for creativity. Um, and I think there's a lot of movies produced at our favorite place to watch movies, Netflix that feel very AI driven. Um, so I, we're would, looking at you red notice. Yeah. And any of the other ones that we've uh, <laughs> talked about uh, in the past. So I would say I would absolutely hate this to ever even happen or be in consideration, but I think it would end up being an interesting topic. So I think this is a good hot take. Um, it's definitely a hot take, but I, I disagree with this. I am not a fan of AI whatsoever. And, you know, taking out all the Skynet yeah, that's discussions. Why you have a, uh, that's why you have an Android. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. uh, good dunk. <laughs> um, no, so, you know, taking, taking out the Skynet aspect and just focusing on the art of uh the art aspect and and tackling this um number one 
I think this is not a good take because I don't think the creative community will allow for this to happen um, in like a wide scale. I think yeah. one-offs will probably exist here and there uh, of, of movies written. I don't think the quality will be high enough to, to earn any awards. And I also think that the creative communities will shun people that um, decide to go this route. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously studios will be like, Hey, it's quick and efficient. You know, we just plop in some plot points and chat GPT will do the rest, but there's something to be said for like art ultimately. And I hate to get all hippy dippy with it, but like art, art is an outlet. It's an expression of the soul, no matter what um, platform we're talking about, whether it's comic books, movies, paintings, poetry, whatever, like that is a person bringing forth stuff, ideas, concepts, you know, whether real or abstract from their, their mind and their heart and their soul and putting it out into the world to have something just formulated by a computer with no actual thought given, but just sets of parameters. I don't, I don't foresee something being so complex as to create a piece of art that will speak to humans in that way. Now I know it's being refined as like daily, but like you see all of the um, AI art that's, that's uh, propagated uh, across social media, especially within the past year or so. And I think some of that is an actual, like that's kind of cheaty because I think they, they take, databases of art and then you know use that to i guess define whatever the program is and then it combines whereas it's not starting from scratch and creating something it's referring to a database of images and then going from there um but it it just it's it it doesn't if you look at any of those images there's nothing there's nothing in there that says this was created by a human and it's beautiful. I've never seen an AI generated piece of art and it's impossible an AI generated piece of art that says that, and it's impossible to escape them because they're everywhere. So if, if that has such a poor success rate, I have to imagine that's going to carry over to writing as well. Um, Yeah. So I just, I don't, I don't envision again, a world where, an AI written movie is going to be celebrated or recognized as, um, you know, one of the best in the field. It just, by definition does not have the depth of complexity to, to present something at that level. Uh, confirmed Greg, also not a AI fan. Uh, We're a Haley Joel Osment (laughs) fan. So practice. We talking about practice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, All right. Going to move on to my next hot take. And that is involving the Harry Potter franchise. Ooh. Uh, Look, I'm just going to say it. The first two movies. So the the Sorcerer's Stone or for you UK fans, the Philosopher's Stone um, and the Chamber of Secrets are both the best entries in the franchise. Uh, Lots of people 
think that they are mid and um the the series really kicks off with the third film prisoner of azkaban those people are flat out wrong <laughs> um, i don't i don't like the dark uh grittier tone that the films take and you know i know the characters grow up and you know the world changes around them but I think part of what makes those first two films so unique and lovable is you don't have uh, many stories where it's like, um, I should say many quality stories where you have the, the coming of age stuff, but also set in a fantasy world so well executed. And they're, um, they're just kind of, they give you the warm and fuzzies, man. It's like, you know, a lot of people think about, I guess the Polar Express as something that's warm and fuzzy, right? Ugh. You know, whether it's the movie or the book. Um, Great AI but, in that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I consider that, I consider the first two Harry Potter movies to be that way. They're they're like chicken soup for the soul, man. Like I, I can put those movies on anytime and I know I will enjoy it. As the franchise progresses, cannot say the same. Um I mean, it also helps that you have an amazing director in Chris Columbus um, directing those first two. And, he, you know, you Safe got pair um, of hands. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like some of the for the most part, the cast stays the same. But uh, but, you know, some of the talent changes. Uh, but I just um, those two movies are fantastic. And I say this as someone who has never read the books, but fell in love with the franchise through the movies uh, but those first two movies just never like the the high from those those first two movies was never obtained again. Um, I do enjoy some of the other films in the series. Uh, Goblet of Fire and Half-Blood Prince are both really good. But I just overall, I don't think the dark tone that continues on and progresses um, matches the quality of those first two films. So curious to get your guys' thoughts. Harry, how about you? I've read all the books. I'm not. I'm not a no. big Harry Potter fan, um, but I will say I do enjoy the the two, the two. But I, I'm you know I'm just gonna go back on what you had just said. Um, for me, the series kind of starts at three. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I Azkaban, pretty sure Azkaban is probably my favorite one. Um, outside of uh, the Deathly Hallows Part Two, um, it's been a real long time since I've seen anything like four on and that includes like the last the the, the finale one um i've seen one and two like ad nauseum because they're like whenever they have a harry potter marathon i'm like all right i'll watch them and i make it two movies i'm like ah, i can't watch them anymore it's too much um i it, it this is it, it is a good take i it, it's definitely not what i what i hear most people say because i feel like a lot of people say the series gets better and better as it goes on um i'm kind of I feel like I need to see the series again and really focus on them to like, there's a lot of those movies where I don't really understand what goes on. And it, um, like it's been probably 15 years since I read the books, but like from Goblet of Fire to um, half blood prints, like I don't, I don't remember certain, I remember the main plot points, but I don't remember like little things that go on with them. Um, but it's definitely a series. It does definitely get darker as it goes on. Um, I know like half blood princes. I did a lot of that. It just feels like it, it, it reminds me of like a lot of as the movie goes on. It, it seems like you're watching an episode of Ozark 
where like, everything's blue and it's like a tint of blue. Like it's a darker Ozark's not a bright show, and like it just seems like it's the same filming style and like and like there's a a filter on on it to make it look gray the and like Twilight bluish, filler. like bluish and gray and. And if you, I would and, say that from three on, it has that filter. Like, yeah, it, I, the first two movies are colorful and vibrant. Three on gets like that. Like, I'm thinking like the, the couple scenes that I can think of that I know of, and like where um like Snape kills Dumbledore. Like, I it just and that and the and like even spoiler alert, spoiler alert, shut up, Harry. I've been I tease you for that for like months while you were reading that book. Um, Thanks. that was when I used to look up spoilers because I thought it was funny. Um, but I um. Like even like there's there's certain images that I remember that it just has that like weird filter on it to make it look like they're adding like this weird fainted like blue or like grayish, mm-hmm. and it's not as lively as the first two movies. I mean the first two movies there's it's just it's bright everywhere, everything yeah, pops. <laughs> yeah, so I I I do I I in terms of quality of the movies I think I I disagree but I do I do agree that. It's a valid point to make, um, but I mean, personally, I go the other way. But I, I see your argument for thinking that the first two are the best. What are you, Harry? I know you're a Potterhead. Yeah, I mean, I read all the books, and uh, I'm more of a fan of the books than the movies. Um, but Greg, uh, Greg, definitely, I think is on is on point with this. I think there's, as Greg mentioned, there's elements of the later movies that you can enjoy. Um, as the story grows, you know, I think the big thing with three, and I would say more of four with the Goblet of Fire is there's kind of a, a, a tragedy that happens, um, where, you know, the, the kids kind of have to grow up fast. Um, that kind of leads into five. So, and there is an element of, you know, I guess more adulthood. Um, and I, and obviously, as you know, Greg mentioned, there's the element of Christopher Columbus did the first two, but Alfonso Cuaron did the third one. So there was a stylistic change there. And there's actually, I think it was uh, the Max documentary about Harry Potter, the 20th anniversary, where they talk a lot about that. And and there's an element with, and I, I don't know if this is due to the fact of just shooting those films over the course of, you know, maybe what, eight years where I think of movies like Lord of the Rings that were shot around the similar time, you know, Phantom Menace in 99, The Mummy. Um, and and I, I'm going off in a little bit of a direction here, but of just like a different warmth that those movies had in the late 90s to early 2000s, <laughs> like even Pirates of the Caribbean, um, the first one, I think that was like 03 or so. Um, where even like there was just a different style to the filmmaking where we hit this age in like oh four oh five. I don't know if it was digital or a different film, you know, stock that was able to be used where, you know, hey, we're using color hues to change this as opposed to actually shooting at night and lighting it differently. So and there's an element of the first one and uh, I was watching. I don't know if I was watching it in theaters or when they re-released it, however many, I think it might've been the 15th or when I was watching at home where I like it, I get teary eyed when the train, you know, pulls up for the first one and they're going home and the John Williams score of course kicks in and you're just like, damn, they, they really are hitting with this. Um, so I would say there, there's definitely an innocence with one and two uh, that I think changes with three, but mostly four. 
Um, you probably could have made the case that like three is a transition one to me. Um, and they made a little bit too many different style choices. But yeah, there's just something about that late 90s to early 2000s kind of filmmaking that just when you watch some of those movies, they definitely have a different tone um, than even just when you get to like 2004, 2005. So um, yeah, maybe one day somebody will write a book about it. But uh, yeah, I think this is a great take, uh, Greg. I highly agree with you. As think- much as you've disagreed with mine all night, I will have to agree with <laughs> I appreciate that. I think you and to some extent hands might be the first people I've ever heard agree with me. Cause anytime I say that to anybody else and hands is showing off his Harry Potter novel collection. Um, what a nerd. Every time I bring this take to somebody else, they look at me like I have three heads. Listen, and I'm like, I, I think no, this is where it's at. I think there's an element where like, and even this is even with the books, but like, you know, four is an action packed adventure with the, with the goblet of fire tournament and mm-hmm. you know, six, you get really into you know the the Horcruxes and. and uh, I'm sorry, don't you mean the Tri Wizard Tournament? Yeah, the Tri Wizard Tournament. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's like so many different things with it, um, and there, there's elements to enjoy. Like I know, uh, you know, my wife is a big fan of uh, Edward Cullen and and the of the Twilight movie film. So when Robert Pattinson shows up beside your Diggory, Diggory. Um, like there's, there's a highlight there for, there's definitely the fights in the last couple, but there's definitely an innocence with the first couple. That's just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I would even go for, I know I said late nineties, but even those early nineties kind of, I don't know if they were the Disney movies, but I'm like thinking of something like Indian in the cupboard where it's just like, it just had like a style to it of just like this innocence, um, in a way. And, and, uh, we lost magical. Yeah. One of the worst movies ever. I don't know. Just and that's a take for I think, I think yeah. Indian Cover might be Christopher Columbus as well. I don't know. I think so too. But that's the first time in in thirty years I've ever you thought heard about that movie. Indian in the cupboard. Yeah, uh, maybe it's, it's just that Christopher Columbus days. style. Maybe uh, maybe we're just you know missing for the days of. We need Chris uh, Columbus style. Make Get him in the Marvel mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this. Isn't didn't he pass? Did he pass? Let me smoke. Let me right, look. like the fifteen hundreds, probably. I uh, I thought he did. But. He's born in fifty eight and still still alive, according to uh, Wikipedia. Okay, well that that's good then. Then sixty four. Yeah, by all means, let's um, increase your output, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> Home Alone. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He's still out there making stuff so all right yeah. cool. uh, <laughs> what's your uh next take uh all right um this take i've actually been sitting on for a little while i've, I've had this one uh locked and loaded in the chamber before uh the recent release of the uh much maligned fast x uh i think fast and the furious needs to move on from vin diesel being the center of the franchise um and along with that, I think they need to find, you know, as much as, you know, RIP Paul um, and how much we love the chemistry with Brian and um, Toretto. Uh, I think they need to find a way to get, uh, you know, and I guess this is a little bit of spoiler, but uh, as, as of Fast X, they still are referencing Brian in the movies um, as being around, but like not being in the movies. Um, so uh, note one, uh, just get rid of them. Um, you know, uh, we did it with fast seven. I think that's the perfect send off. Uh, I was scrolling through the TikTok the other day and 
came across just watching the final scene of the end credits of seven where you know they have the uh the ai version of paul walker thank the good ai you know what i mean where we can use that uh to put on paul walker and just perfect send off right there don't even acknowledge it anymore he's gone he's gone from the franchise um but the main part part of this is i think we need to get rid of vin diesel and um the reason I say this is, uh, I, I think I sent this uh, this video to to Greg, but there was Vin Diesel just doing press, you know, or when he posts videos online, where he absolutely has a completely different personality than that of Dominic Toretto, and the Dominic Toretto personality and the 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 rigid rockiness of it just absolutely derails the movies all the time. Um, he doesn't allow for any type of life to be breathed into these movies and i think it would be best for the franchise and i know there's some hate for hobbs and shaw i i don't really get it um listen you can say it it has zany action you know just like the fast and furious movies do um where like you know and my favorite thing to always talk about all the time is the mission impossible is heading up in my opinion and they're doing you know some realistic you know tom cruise is on a different level but you know they're at least uh you can comprehend them a little easier. Um, how can how can you dislike a movie where Idris Elba says, "I'm Black Superman"? I yeah, mean, listen. On. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, listen. How can you dislike a movie with Idris Elba? Um, yeah, but I just true. think it's time for Vin to move aside, be an executive producer, be someone who shows up. Maybe is like uh, I save the day every once in a while if you really want to, but. Um, and maybe this series has already jumped the shark because like I said, I've had this loaded for a little while and, and fast X did not, uh, uh, actually help this take in my opinion, because I think some of the worst scenes in this movie are when Vin Diesel's on screen. Um, and it's, it's obviously an act of this Toretto thing, um, because the way he acts and the way he talks in interviews and, uh, things of that nature definitely doesn't align with the character of this. And I don't get it and I don't like it. Um, and I think part of the issue is, is that there was Paul Walker as, you know, as, as the three of us, you know, we tend to talk about stuff on this podcast, but, you know, we tend to check each other. Um, you know, if we, you know, have ideas that either we're, we're not vibing with or whatever. And I think when Paul Walker passed, I think Vin Diesel just went, um, you know, rogue and said, okay, I run this ship now. And you see it with Justin Lin leaving the franchise and, um, while they were filming this one and, it's just uh, it's in a bad place, um, and I would be happy if Vin just rode in the sunset and we continue this franchise, but with you know com- you know maybe different stories, completely different actors at this point because uh, it's getting tired. So um, I'm gonna go to Greg with this because I think you've seen more of the Fast and Furious movies recently than Hands did. I think Hands, what are you? You've been out since seven. No, I saw eight, you saw eight? nine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you did see him. All right. I saw eight, nine. I didn't see all of Hobbs right. and Shaw, and I yeah. didn't see Fast X. Okay. Well, Greg, what are your what are your uh, what are your thoughts here? I know you saw Fast X. So <clears throat> yeah, you're not you're not off base at all with this stuff. I think you're um, you're right in line, and I believe we even had this discussion maybe a couple weeks back uh, off air. But um, as far in fact, the Paul Walker thing, I think I brought it to you uh, because I was like, hey, look, it's getting a little ridiculous with them yeah. constantly coming up with excuses. 
I, I get that, you know, they want to keep Jordana Brewster involved and she's intrinsically tied to Brian, uh, Paul Walker, um, in the franchise, but you know, and look, I, I think maybe it, it puts a sour taste in Vin's mouth because he likes to keep up this family image, but the quality suffers for these films. Just kill the character off Brian. Yeah. Um, you know, like don't keep coming up with excuses for why he's not on screen or he, Oh, he's off hiding and protecting his family and he's not part of this life anymore and blah 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 but his wife is here and she's always getting roped in and it's like just just stop like just kill the character off yeah that's it we we missed the boat on the perfect send-off i'm not saying they should have killed him off with with the end of seven but you're right like that was the opportunity to just close the chapter permanently and instead they keep him in this half life where like he exists in the universe, but he's just this presence. That's yeah, never his seen car felt. shows up at like the end of eight or nine too, where it's just like he pulled yeah, like I think nine here? at the end of nine. And it's like, oh, Brian. And it's like, dude, what are we doing? Like, <sighs> yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. So, all right. So first, first part of your take, absolutely agree with that. Get get rid of Brian. Just please stop resurrecting him. Um, second part of the take, you know, call it curtains for Vin. Um, I think just as a whole on this franchise, we, we need to, to wrap it up. Like, you know, I really, when they announced that this, this was going to be two parts, I was like, okay, I can see this, the, the finale, I should say. And then more recently when they announced it's going to be a trilogy, I just kind of grimaced because it's like, well, the only, the like, only one who said that is Vin. I didn't see anybody at Universal well, being like, hey, okay. three sounds great. Yeah. You knew That's someone fair. that was in an That's office fair. right now, like holding their breath, like, like, why would you say that? Let's wait till the everything, receipts come out. <laughs> everything yeah. just feels bloated and unnecessary. And like, we're, we're beating this horse till it's dead, you know, like just stop, like end it, end it on a high note. And yeah, Vin as an executive producer and, you know, a, a terribly written character. And I guess, you know, there's rumors he has in his contract. He's not allowed to to be shown losing on screen and all, yeah. all this fancy stuff, whatever. I don't know. He's just, he's, he's hindering more than he's helping at this point. He's stymieing the creativity and what could potentially be a good wrap up to the end of the series. Um, quality. Like it's so weird with this franchise. It was like, I don't want to say it was like a, a hump curve um, where, you know, started off kind of low and then in the middle it went up and then back down again because <laughs> the first movies were good. Um, but it, it definitely dropped off with like yeah. the last three. And I, I totally put that on him. Yeah. Totally. And before we go to hands, I think part of my take is like, we just need a hard reset. Like I still think there's room oh, for don't these Don't say movies. that. Cause well, I just, I'm going to make I, more. No, well, I think there's an element to, like, go back to, like, you know, the street racing, go back to making it a bit smaller, uh, you know, or or go with a younger cast. I I think there's ways to do this that would make sense and get people excited. Um, But hands, I'll I'll throw it to you. Just literally, literally, like yesterday, I think it was, Vin was, like, flapping his gums about a Toretto family spinoff. And it's like, dude, no, 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 no. (laughs) All right. 
I didn't see Fast Ten or whatever it's called, Fast X. Um, I right. will you see it eventually. I believe it's pronounced Fasting. <laughs> fasting. Yeah. Um, Just kidding. I, I I don't care if you guys talk about it. If anyone listening and gets this movie spoiled, I don't care. I'm done with this this stupid franchise. It's so it's <laughs> milked. It's dumb. I'm gonna. I bet I'm gonna end up watching this at some point in my life. I know I will because it's gonna be like that. FOMO it's gonna be on after like couples fear- retreat. Yeah, because yeah. he's all about family. Yeah, and I just I don't understand. Like I, I this is Vin Diesel annoys me, and I hate the thing that they have in the contract that he can't lose because that's just dumb. And him, like, what's a three way fight a between him? Him, The Rock, and Jason Statham are in a three-way fight, and who's going to win? They all have that dumb contract in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just going <laughs> to punch each other, lose. and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I agree with both of you. I, well, Harry, I agree with you with saying like just Vin Diesel needs to hang it up. Greg, I agree with you that the series needs to end. Just, just do it. Just, just, just put a, just put a bullet. Wrap in. it up, B. <laughs> I, I, I'm done with it. And the fact they're making two more just is just frustrating. But whatever. Fair enough. All right. Potentially, because people around I, the world are, are in love with Fast and Furious movies. I still think there's yeah. I still think there's a world where Fast and Furious movies can thrive. But I think it just needs. To I don't go want to be a part a of completely it. different direction. So I don't want to be a part of that that world. Fair enough. I, hey, I'm not going to fight you on it. I'll tell you that. All right. <laughs> so hands. I'm next. next so let's 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 start wrapping this up. Um, Across the Spider Verse is going to be nominated for Best Picture next year. Um, mm. I'm I'm fairly confident. This is another one, and I'm going to go by just with with some of the stuff like what we talked about with the Flash, with word of mouth. Um, a lot of people are saying that Spider Verse is Across the Spider Verse is not only best superhero movie, some of the best mo- the uh, best movie that they've ever seen. Animation style storytelling. Um, I think this is uh, this is going to be. I don't remember the last time an. an, an animated movie was nominated for best picture um i think this is going to be it and depending on how the rest of the year goes i mean you're gonna movies like oppenheimer and i'm sure scorsese's goofy movie that he's releasing is going to killers of the flower moon? the flower moon yeah with that dumb name um jeez oh, louise sorry i know nothing about the movie just that hey, one sometimes shot. things can just just be that okay. one shot that's been released of of leo and the, and the, and whoever that other actress that's in the movie that's yeah. The only thing I know about it. Got um, it. You're engaged on Twitter. Understood. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I think that Spider-Verse is going to, it, it's going to be, it's going to be nominated depending on how the rest of the year goes, maybe a serious conversation. Uh, I'll make that decision after this weekend, after I do see the movie. Um, but I just, I think that, I think this is going to, with the, uh, what was that movie that was nominated last year that um, the sci-fi movie that um, ended up winning. Uh, we talked about, I forget. Everything what, everywhere June? all at once. Yeah. Every no and not doing everything everywhere all at once. Um, I think that kind of opened the door for genre films like sci-fi. Um, and I think that, and I mentioned this on the Oscars podcast that we did. I, I think it's going to open the door to opportunities like Spider Verse and everything to get more not to get move outside of things like the animated animated category and start going into um, the like series best picture nominations. So uh, I hope I'm right, uh, and I you know we'll see. So. That would be my dream. Like yeah. I could leave this planet happily if Across the Spider Verse won. Right. Yeah, um, I mean you're so ex- you're so excited that you're going tomorrow to go see it. Um, I got T ball, buddy. I hear you. We got yeah, T ball, buddy. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We talked. Um, Hands' T ball team is in uh, second place, guys. It's a big game. <laughs> uh, Hands hits a lot of homers. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. I don't say, even need the T. 
Yeah. <laughs> he just picks it up and throws it. Um, I love this take. Uh, I would 100%. Uh, I think the last movie that was nominated uh, animated-wise was Up for Best Picture. Um, and I think before that, it was Beauty and the Beast. So it has been some time. Uh, I could be wrong about Up. It might have been Wally, but um, I think I Toy was, Story uh, Three might have been nominated for Best Story? Picture. Maybe I'll okay. fact check that. I'll, yeah, thanks. Um, but I think this is. Uh, I would like to see this now. I would love to uh, give this take uh, in about twenty four hours um, <laughs> to see if I agree with that. But I think with ten, nom- 10 nominations, that has a strong chance. Um, however, there is a lot of big names uh, that you've mentioned. Uh, David Fincher has a movie, Tarantino, um, uh, Scorsese, uh, Nolan, Greta Gerwig. Uh, so I think there's a lot of possibilities. Well, sorry, I don't think Tarantino has a movie. I apologize. Um, but there's a lot I of well-known directors. Year. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of well-known directors that have you know, that could easily just take a spot because of their name. Um, so then you start getting down to a couple other things. And uh, there's another movie I think that just came out recently or that's coming out actually this weekend called Other Lives, which I think is going to be possibly uh, the first, you know, heavy hitter um, along with this. So we'd love to see it. So we'll see. But Papa, I'll throw it to you. Yeah. Um, look, I hope it comes true, but I disagree with this take. I think, um, you know, for, for every Guillermo del Toro that, you know, um, has a fantastic speech about how animation isn't just a, a genre. It's a style, right? It's, um, uh, it, it is filmmaking. Um, there are 10 or 20 people that just are stuck in their old ways and, it's a kid's movie, you know, totally inaccurate. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with, uh, GDT, but, um, I just, I think this has two things going against it. It's an animated movie and it's a superhero movie and the Mm. Academy (laughs) ain't great about putting those up for best films. Um, you know, one of those knocks is tough enough, uh, to get into, um, best picture, but having both of those riding against it, I don't know. I think it will absolutely deserve to be in that category. I don't think it's going to make it, even with 10 films. Um, I do think it'll be up for best animated feature, and I'm sure it'll win. But um, uh, Man can yeah, dream. I, I don't see this. Yeah, I don't see well, this uh, being nominated for best picture, no matter how worthy it may be. Yeah, it's been 13 years since the last one was nominated with uh which was Toy Story 3 and before that it was as I mentioned up and it's only other happened before was in 1991 for Beauty and the Beast. So um as you mentioned Greg the the odds aren't in your favor hands but hey I'm happy to uh to be wrong. Bookmarking this episode. <laughs> I think it's a good take. I already said that but it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I hope you're right. I just I don't think it's going to happen. Um, all right. So I am going to move to my last take here. This might be the hottest one of all because there's generally a lot of disdain for this series of movies. But, uh, well, there's no easy way around it, folks. I'm just going to come out and say it. The Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy absolutely slaps. <laughs> I don't care. 
I don't care. Um, I think it is well casted and sure is are is it perfect? No, there's there's things wrong with it, just like any movie. Uh, but um, I think that it gets a terrible rap that is completely unwarranted. Uh, Peter Jackson came back. Um, you know, the studio tasked him with making two films initially out of one book and then three films uh, instead of two. And I think he did it with great aplomb. Uh, look, The Hobbit is a short book. There's not a lot of stuff in there. And I think the filler that he put in to, to create three movies worth and the stuff that he expounded and expanded upon was all gravy. Um, performance is great. I think narratively, outside of the first movie, probably... Well, I mean, definitely. The story just isn't as strong as the Lord of the Rings trilogy proper, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad series. Um, there's still some great moments in uh, the second and third movies and great effects, great visuals. Uh, again, you know, solid cast, solid score. Like, there's just, there's a lot to like about these movies. And I think people just get so wrapped up in, well, it was it's way more than the book and you know it's not as good as lord of the rings yeah we get it dude just shut up and relax and enjoy the film because it get ain't em. bad the films so i don't know i'm sick of hearing hobbit slander hobbit trilogy slander get out of here y'all are wrong this is my hot take i'm dying on this hill come at me boys wow um you're not right you're not wrong uh <laughs> i i i agree that the Hobbit trilogy gets a bad rap, um, and it's 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 it is what it is. It's a cash cow. They the, the Warner Brothers said, "Hey, let's take not let's take a short book and not only split it into three movies. We're gonna take a chapter of a of a book called The Battle of Five Armies. I don't even think it's a chapter, maybe a page or two, and let's drag that baby in to three hours. And and they did that." A lot of things in the movie don't make sense. There's some continuity errors with the with the Lord of the Rings. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings is my favorite trilogy, out, like of all time. I I love Lord of the Rings. I read the books, all three books, multiple times. I read The Hobbit a few times. Um, I I it doesn't deserve the hate that it gets, but I see it as the the only reason they made that is because they probably realized, hey, Peter Jackson's available. We have an idea. Let's just <laughs> let's literally milk this for every penny that we can, and they did it. The quality is is okay. I mean, there's a lot of cool visual effects. I mean, the CGI, honestly, it, it compared that it went really downhill from Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit. Really downhill. There's some the CGI in the Hobbit movies is really bad, especially Battle of Five I don't Armies. Know. I disagree. In Battle of Five Armies, it's bad. Uh, but, you gotta you gotta check Chris's TV settings. He watches on like sports standard mode. He doesn't even watch on movie. Mode, I said so. what I said. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I I th I think that you could have done. I I would I would okay, be okay with an like an agreement with they do two movies. But of course, Doug Warner Brothers is like, hmm, like why two? You know, it's it's kind of like the the scene from um Social Network when he's like, you know, it'd be cool 
Not like what's he say? Not a million. What's cooler than a million? A, a billion. A billion. Yeah. And Warner Brothers like you know two two movies is a good idea, but you know it's a better idea three movies, and we're gonna drag it out to three hours and put some continuity issues in it from the very successful Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. I, I I like them. I don't hate them. I I don't. I I think there is a lot of undeserved hate. I just don't think that. I don't think they slap. As as the the kids are mm. saying nowadays, um, but I um, <laughs> used to say, I I yeah you know, I, I say it sometimes, um, yeah it, it's I, I I do agree with you on some aspects of it. I I just I think that I see them as just that that this is for me is just go back to the initial one. They're just okay to me, and that's how I see them. They're just an okay trilogy. No hair. Um, I like this take, Greg. Um, I the problem is is that this uh, trilogy exists in the world where the Lord of the Rings trilogy exists. So it's it's not it's hard to be like, hey, you know, what do you want? What are you in the mood for, honey? Do you want to watch, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings? And I know you like that, and it'll never get mentioned that the Hobbit will be one of the choices for it. Um, however. I will say that I, I think similar to Star Wars, um, the the prequel, the early 2000s trilogy, and even, I mean, for some people, maybe the later trilogy down the line. But there becomes this element of, like, it's not as good as the original, um, or it isn't as good as, as that. And yes, that that's a fair case, but it on its own merit, even though, as Chris mentioned, uh, there's three movies and they, and they milked it. Um, it's still a heartwarming story. As you mentioned, it, it's still got a lot of the beats that you like from Lord of the Rings. Um, it's definitely something, as you've mentioned, Greg, the way you watch things where it's like, Hey, if I'm going to watch Lord of the Rings, might as well throw on the Hobbit first. Um, you know, or even if you're just going to throw on the Hobbit, you know, to watch the entire trilogy for that. I think the second yeah. one with, uh, with Smaug is, is definitely uh, a highlight. I think the CG CGI looks really good in that as well. Um, I think there's definitely more practical in Lord of the Rings, um, where I think they leverage CGI, um, in the 120 frames per second, um, when they tried that like film style a little bit for that. Yeah. I, and maybe it's just, I don't know if it's coming off of memory, but it, for sure, like orcs and goblins mm-hmm. definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know if goblins were even in the Lord of the Rings movies, but, um, but orcs, seem to be mostly if not all cgi in the hobbit whereas they were practical in lord of the rings yeah I mean, it's noticeable but i I, I yeah. don't think it's terrible no i don't think so either i think it looks good um and i think <clears> if you're watching it you know in the appropriate format i think <laughs> uh it, it can look good but uh it's definitely um I li- I like the take. I I I would say I I stand in the Hobbit isn't as bad as people say. It's just the problem is is you live in a Lord of the Rings world and and that's uh you know far superior in my You're mind. You're a Lord of the Rings girl. Exactly. It's the old the <laughs> old Madonna song. The, the old yeah. proverb goes. <laughs> yeah. As the old proverb. All right, fair I'm enough. A- well, I'm happy that you guys uh side with me on that cuz Again, that's another one, just like the Harry Potter take. I mentioned that. Yeah, to I don't know who these people oh, are out of your life. mind. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who these people yeah, are in your I life. Yeah, I need to cut them Making some just, cuts. Yeah. It's not Ari, is it? <laughs> yeah. It is. She's, she's done, though. 
Play the Little Mermaid, right, uh, Dad. Again. <laughs> um, Harry, I think you are out of takes, correct? I am out of takes, and I think I think Hans is out of takes too, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he I think there was one take he said uh, that he had a workshop uh, for for next time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we're gonna call it there then. Um, hey, hit us up on social media. Let us know what your hot takes are, your random spiciness, uh, and let us know what your thoughts are on. Any of the stuff that we mentioned um, is 35 millimeter a sham. Absolutely. <laughs> do you want to watch? Do you want to watch 15 year old previews in front of your new movies? Come on, no. let us know. You, I think you guys are still wrong. Tell us, but it's fine. tell us why your answer is no. <laughs> and in how many ways? Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, all right, hands. Anything for the peeps? No. Thanks for listening. It's sticking with us. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah, this right. this this was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that saw the running clock. I'm like, okay. <laughs> nice. Hair, anything for the peeps? Uh no, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, we got some fun stuff coming your way. Um, yeah, let us know your hot takes and if you agreed or disagreed with any of our uh opinions. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Uh, We love you all. Be safe and make sure you always live spicy.